0: Happy Monday everyone. Welcome to Go Feffy Break and Unsafe Space. I'm your host Carter Laren, and I'm joined by Carrie who doesn't have a hat so I'm a little bit disturbed and I don't know what to do about it. Um,
1: I don't always wear a hat. You know this. I'm you are an imposter.
0: We... I know but people are people like the hat. People like that. Uh, uh, what's it's today? Hello. It's July Happy 6th. Uh, yeah. Right after... Independence Day weekend. I don't like to say Fourth of July. I like to say Independence Day because Fourth of July is not a has no meaning. It's just a date. Uh, but Independence Day has a meaning to me. Uh, let's see what if did you. you do? Oh, okay. Uh, I was gonna do some housekeeping stuff. But we can we can jump into that. Uh, I di- I didn't do much. We I enjoyed. I've been enjoying reading. I've been enjoying reading. Atlas shrugged. Again, oh, it's gosh. been a long time since I read it, uh, but we did read. We we uh, you know we did some barbecue, not barbecue. We did uh, campfire type stuff, s'mores and whatever. And we we did a little reading as a family. And I know a lot of people were watching. I guess Disney Plus, which we don't have, had uh, Hamilton coming out, and uh, I've never seen Hamilton. I kind of don't want to because I assume this is just an assumption that I'm making. So it could be totally wrong. and You guys can correct me. But I just assume because it was created recently and it's about the founding of America. It's bastardized and horrible. So um, (laughs) I just don't want to expose myself to it. But we did watch 1776, which is an original Broadway musical, uh, Uh which was done in 1972. um, And that was enjoyable. Well, what the, did you well, I've
1: heard Hamilton's actually very good. Oh, it is. Okay, I just haven't seen it yet. But um, yeah, well, I was looking for something. I just heard about how Disney has lost a, t- a ton of money in the past Why? quarter. Well, because of coronavirus and shutting down the parks and uh, and that nobody, like people are unsubscribing. I was trying to find an article about it. Maybe I'll find it later but they're how they're not in they're not in a good place right now anyway they were probably trying to have a hit put have a hit with that it's good that they aired it
0: yeah well i am maybe it's great philosophically i don't know i just didn't i didn't see it um if you're new to this can we just do some if you're new to the show stuff yeah and some other stuff Uh, if you're new to the show, which I realize there's actually a lot. We hit over 9,000. We're going to hit 10,000 soon. We have to decide what the hell to do when we hit 10,000. We have to have some kind of a celebration, I think. Um, and, uh, oh, someone says you have a bit of an echo.
1: Yeah, I'm on it. Keep going.
0: Oh, anyway, uh, we, (laughs) we have to do some kind of a celebration. Anyway, we're over 9,000. If you're, so that means there's a lot of new people to the show. And a lot of times people ask, Oh, have you seen this? Have you seen that? We do have extensive archives. So we have actually talked to a lot of people and talked about a lot of stuff. So go ahead and go through there. And it is on me to, uh, I mean, to be updating the website at some point in the future so that you can see very clearly who the important kind of big names that we've spoken to are. So you can go find that stuff. But... Um, it doesn't
1: even matter about the big names. It just matters well, people about what it we're does, the interesting people are like, conversations.
0: No, because people will say like, oh, have you heard of James Lindsay? And it's like yes oh we, i know we interviewed yeah. James, right hey right. do you guys have you heard of zoobie yes carrie was on zoobie's show right so that that kind of stuff because we the, the big names tend to get more people asking about them that's all uh, um but uh anyway you can go to you can watch our intro video if you want to kind of know what we're about it's a relatively short video you can also go to slash about and you can read what we're about if you like to read um that will be the best way to learn what we're doing um also, I did promise people in chat yesterday that I would start putting some more merch up. I have started to put some more merch up. Uh, thank you to uh, Beverly for collecting some design ideas. Also, Becky is helping me fix some art because sometimes uh, art, art needs to be... There's there's higher there's a higher bar for requirements for art to get it printed on a shirt and have it look okay. So, um, So she's helping me with that, which is great. More is coming. We are going to be able to do a tote, so the coming. knitters there's oh, a good. knitter there's a knitter thing coming. There's a specific knitter themed thing, which like people in chat know, and there will be a knitter tote. So I have bitten the bullet. In and my re-
1: my Republican shirt no, is also coming.
0: It's not coming. Yes. We're gonna fight about that. It is Mom coming. and Dad are gonna fight about the Republican shirt. <laughs> no, <laughs> um,
1: it is coming. We did the Democrat one, we're doing the Republican one.
0: Um but <clears throat> that's what's going on with uh with merch. It is coming up. Um, I don't know what else, Carrie, do you have any other like high level beginning of the show things? No, no. How was your 4th of July? What did you do? It was great. What'd you do?
1: Uh, I went to a rally on the 5th of July. Um, sorry, I'm just distracted by the merch talk.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we'll have it later. Yeah. If it's fine.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: You went to a rally on the fifth. Mm-hmm. What was it for? Was it a anti-mask rally?
1: Uh, it was yeah. It was an anti-mask rally. It was actually really well organized. Some some of you guys saw we tried out with we tried live streaming previously at some of these rallies, um, way back in whenever that was. Oh my gosh, March or April, mm-hmm. and uh, they were not very well organized. The ones I went to, and there were a lot of kind of loonies there and i felt like the messaging wasn't very good but this one was great um i met the organizer she did an excellent job and great speakers my pastor spoke for five minutes about the like gave an address specifically to christians about the culture war that we find ourselves in but it was actually more specifically about just the concept of freedom and what you do with freedom it was really good
0: that's Um, good was it well attended was it big
1: it was well attended there were okay. some Antifa people there with big um, megaphones, trying to drown everyone out, and um, they were chanting stuff about their kids. But I don't think any of them have kids. It was weird. Uh, were they wearing they, masks? Uh, they were wearing masks, and of course, they're Antifa. They wear masks before masks for force majeure. Yeah. Were uh, they wearing
0: masks that weren't bandanas? I guess.
1: I mean. <laughs> no, no, some of them, I guess. But yeah, it was. Uh, okay. It was good
0: um carrie i was thinking i know i have been uh it's been a tough year and i've been in like a mood uh i talked to you about it on friday after the show um my goal today i'm gonna my goal today is to be slow and zen and pay attention to chat and chill and kind of not go crazy today so uh if you have particular things you want to talk about that's great otherwise i'm gonna pay attention to chat and uh and we can go through that. To that end, um, we do have a super chat from Blackbeard. So let's pull it up. Blackbeard, thank you. Blackbeard says, everyone, please be careful and pay attention. People are actively trying to provoke racist incidences to feed the narratives. So uh, Blackbeard was saying earlier in chat that, uh, I guess, like a conversation over a parking space turned into racist accusations. And uh I, you know, We've seen a lot, I I think tensions are, tensions are definitely super high right now, and people are, like, being told to look for racism everywhere, so it's kind of, it's sad that it happened over a parking space argument, but uh, it's not surprising, right, because people are going to be, people are really, like, jacked up looking for racism, looking for reasons to be angry and offended, so, um, yeah, be safe out there and be careful, and if you can de-escalate, just de-escalate and get out, Um, so uh let's see carrie okay carrie's gonna (laughs) carrie wants to argue with me about merch i promise we'll talk about merch i was waiting a time for a time to get back to you carrie um okay did you see uh did you see president trump's salute to america speech carrie i did I, okay, there's a lot of things I don't like about Trump, but I really liked his. <laughs> I really liked his speech, um, and I I think the the way that he, okay, here's what I liked about it. So okay, yes, I am not into spending government money, paying for statues and stuff. But if you think about Trump as someone who is fighting the culture war specifically, uh, the fact that his response to all of this stuff is. I'm going to start a garden of statues <laughs> for American heroes and people are going to come see it. it is kind of exactly culturally what, uh, the country needs as a response. So I, I, I was actually quite pleased with his pretty direct, uh, his pretty direct support. of. Them. I mean, he had, he had it at Mount Rushmore. Um, and he specifically talked about the statues and he introduced this garden of statues concept um and it was interesting because the uh if you look at the mainstream media uh, where where's the uh here it is if if you look at like the washington post what they had to say about it so if you read his speech it's all like it's all about unity and bringing people together and we don't want to tear down our history our history is important and we built on it despite bad things that happen we're all americans and it was like you know a kind of typical feel-good politician speech right uh here's what the washington post headline about it was trump turned fourth of july into a partisan event the damage could be long lasting (laughs) uh i'm not going to read this article because i don't read the washington post i I do sometimes but i don't pay for the washington post um yeah so it seems like no matter what he's doing uh they're angry because he's specifically going after He's specifically trying to support the statues in history. And, you know, I did say the other day, and I meant it, that I think uh, there's, a, there's a certain way to fight for the statues on principle. But Trump recognizes that they're symbolic, and he's fighting for that symbology. And I think that's, uh, that was encouraging to see. Um, I don't know. I felt a little bit more encouraged this weekend. I saw that. Um, my friend, I don't know if he intended to do this. But he said he was feeling hope because of how Americans reacted to Independence Day, fireworks and celebrations and stuff. And uh, I, it, his message to me really just drew a distinction for me, that there's a difference between Americans and uh, the institutions that to which we are subject in general right now. Um, so, I don't know. I was feeling good about it.
1: Uh I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> sorry, I'm not I'm trying to read messages and I'm going slowly. Yeah. All right, so let's let's Today's some
1: uh, not off to a great start. <laughs> uh I'm sorry if it's your first time here and you're seeing us have a
0: what's going on here.
1: Discombobulated morning. Let's see. Um well I mean you're telling me what we're gonna do with the merchandise okay, we can talk about it later.
0: I'm just looking through chat. Okay. I don't wanna talk about so, I don't wanna argue about merchandise on the show, Carrie. That's that's what I I'm know, saying. I know, but
1: then why did you tell me which ones we're doing? I didn't Never say mind. which
0: one I, oh okay. okay. You asked for more merchandise. I mentioned some that we were going to do. You've never been opposed okay. to any merchandise, so I mentioned it. I didn't want to have no, an argument but about there's
1: the one that I want to make. Okay, we'll talk about the one you want to make. We, you know, we have okay. a
0: disagreement about that. We will talk about it. We don't have to have this conversation <laughs> now, Jesus. Okay. I'm trying to have. I'm trying to be in a good mood today and interact with people on chat. I'm not trying to have an argument in front of everyone. Okay. okay. Um,
1: Let me tell you what I thought about Trump's speech.
0: Thank you. Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Uh, I was very happy to see a politician finally finally naming what it is we're up against. And he used the word social justice and he used the words culture war. Um no, he used the word cultural revolution, which is what we're in. Did he say this revolution? Is like year one of the Yes. Ooh, he nice. said cultural revolution. And clearly it was as if someone had showed him a lot of wrong thinker podcasts and writings and stuff. And he, he knows what this is and he's naming it. And I was very happy to see someone naming it because for so long, it's like, we're being gaslit about what's really going on in the world and about what the real important fights are. And, but the fact that it was Trump doing it, I had mixed feelings because The fact that it's Trump, there's so much Trump derangement syndrome, and there are so many people who so deep are so deeply set against him, and they're incapable of actually listening to a speech all the way through, or they're just incapable of hearing anything. You know, if he said the sky was blue, they would be angry and say the sky was red, like that. That those kind of people. Yep. Um. And so because it is Trump, that's Talking about it, I just couldn't help but think about how everyone who's been who's been pushing for years now, for f- four years, five years, or even longer, um, to try and bring awareness to this ideology and the dangers of this ideology, and um, now I think it's going to be not that it was easy before, but I think it's going to be even harder to get some people to listen because they're immediately now going to say if 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 they hear me or you or someone else talking about this cultural revolution that we're in or talking about social justice in a critical way, they're going to associate that with Trump, being completely ignorant to the fact that many liberals like myself and progressives like Brett Weinstein and um, liberals like Dave Rubin, that people have been criticizing this, and James Lindsay and Helen Pluckrose, that people have been talking about it for years and that it's not just a mega Trump thing. Right. People you know? who don't even like they're, Trump. Right. And so but they're immediately, I think from now on, it's going to close some people's minds off even more to hearing about what the problem is. So, Hmm. yeah, Laura says in chat, they're incapable of hearing anything. So that's what I'm a little worried about. Um, But it's okay. I'm still glad someone is talking about it. And I, I fully I thought, you know, I thought he was spot on in calling out the precipice that we're on and the point in history that we are at we are in the middle of a cultural revolution it's been a cold war for a while and it's just heated up now to a point where they are openly not afraid openly not afraid to say that they oppose individualism which is what our country was founded on right um they're not afraid to say they want to destroy like we've been saying they're trying to destroy western civilization which is what they're trying to do um, they're getting closer to being honest about that. They're now, you know, they want to destroy our history. They want to destroy statues. They want to, just like in the, the uh, China's Cultural Revolution, they want to pull down every symbol that represents where we came from and how far we've come and who we are and what we were founded on.
0: Yep, and, they want it, It's um, year zero, yeah.
1: It's, it's year zero in the Cultural Revolution, and um, I'm so happy to hear someone finally saying this is what we're up against. And it's funny because... Those articles you mentioned, you can tell it was a good speech because, well, the the legacy media is always, always set against him. It doesn't matter what he does or says. Um,
0: So it's hard to gauge from their reaction.
1: (laughs) Right, which is one of the things that opened my eyes, by the way, to the fact that I was being lied to was that I started to realize it didn't matter what he does. It doesn't matter what he does. They are always going to be critical, just like they were always praising Obama. And I voted for Obama twice But I still noticed that it took me a while, but I noticed that I was like, wow, this is a huge difference in how they treat the two. Right. But um, that even though they're always critical, of everything he says, they were especially critical of this speech. And it reminded me of in 2016 during the election, I didn't watch any of his speeches. I was fully ensconced in my SJW leftist echo chamber, and I just relied on what they were telling me that his speeches were like and what they told me his rallies were like. And it was all this sort of dark. I remember when he um, went to the Republican national convention, all the headlines were like dark vision of America. And that's what they're saying again now. So I went back after I got out of my call, I went back and looked at some of his speeches and I realized they were not characterizing them correctly. And so this reminds me of the way they tried to characterize those, Those campaign speeches in 2016, they're calling it very dark, a dark vision of America. They're calling it divisive. The funny thing is it's all projection. They are divisive. The media is divisive. The media has a dark vision of America. They are the ones telling us we are bad and we've always been bad. America's awful. It's always been awful. Their vision of America is very dark. They're the ones telling us that we apparently live in some completely patriarchal, misogynist, white supremacist nation which we don't
0: <laughs> right you know we scott don't. adams mentioned that word dark yeah. as being um as being a really uh brilliant manipulation technique like an influence technique to pick the word dark um because it has uh i forget all the reasons he gave but it like has like emotional content but it's not super specific right it, it cast a A shadow no pun intended i guess it gets shadow on everything he's saying uh and it provides a filter for what through which you look at it and it kind of implies evil um and it's a very emotionally charged word and if you read i did read his speech uh there's nothing dark about his speech at all and the only divisive thing quote divisive thing which i saw they use that word a lot too the only divisive thing was like he was saying uh we're not going to destroy our history and indoctrinate our children. Like, uh, I and guess if you're right, for destroying history and indoctrinating our kids, it's divisive. But other than that, it shouldn't really right. be divisive, right?
1: Well, and he's right that to call out that they are indoctrinating our children. That was another thing I think I'm finally happy to hear someone talking about that. They're, they are indoctrinating. They indoctrinated yep. me. Now they're indoctrinating kids at a much younger age, which is frightening. But, but so all the things they claim that it's that – His speech was dark. He has a dark vision of America. They have a dark vision of America. They are trying to indoctrinate us and make us think that we're bad. We've always been bad. That we haven't made progress. That we live in some um, white supremacist patriarchal world. And we don't. We live in one of the best countries. There are a lot of problems, and we've we've come a long way though. And we live in one of the best. It's a privilege. They want to talk about privilege all the time. It is a privilege to be born here. This is why people are trying to come here. And. But but they he they're saying he's dark because they're dark. They're saying he's divisive because they're divisive. Everything the legacy media does is push division. They want to push. They're pushing social justice ideology, which is it's a divisive, racist, sexist ideology. They want us to all judge each other by race and sex and to walk around in this very tribalistic view where we're not united as Americans. We're completely divided by race and sex. And we can never, and they, they tell us this lie that we can never understand or empathize with what it's like to be in someone else's shoes, which is bullshit. I'm sorry. I, I've seen signs at some of these protests now, um, where they have the white, the white allies have signs that say, I'll never understand, but I'll be here to support that's BS. You can understand every, every, every human. Th- this is why, uh, why do you think people go to the movies? you can empathize with and get and be emotionally connected to the struggles of another person. Why do you think people read books and read fiction? If it's impossible to put yourself in another person's shoes, like that's just ridiculous. They want to encourage This sort of everybody stay in their lane, which is one of their one of their favorite phrases and everybody stay in their tribe and that they are pushing a divisive, dark vision of America. They started the culture war. This is a cultural revolution. They started this culture war. And then some of the headlines I saw said, you know, Trump, they they they've trying to put this at his feet. Trump starts the culture war. No, no. It's finally somebody is caught. Somebody is standing up. And you guys, by the way, they have a huge advantage they they're starting way ahead that you they own all of the cultural institutions their grandparents their started the culture war their grandparents started <laughs> sure. this has been i was indoctrinated 20 years ago so the culture war has been going for decades right and nobody's been aware some people have been aware like canaries in the coal, the coal mine like aware and trying to say here's what's coming guys here's what's coming guys for a long time i've only started saying that in the past 4 years since i left the ideology here's what's coming guys look at the colleges here's what's coming and you know what we were told by the the liberals who there were liberals who whose eyes were open like mine and who started to say this is bad but there were liberals like that former friend of mine who used to come to civilian dinners who would argue till he was blue in the face that this was not what's coming, I'm making a mountain out of a molehill, this is just this right. is just SJWs are that yes SJW ideology is racist and it is collectivist and it is sexist but it's just isolated to colleges and like gaming and you know a couple of other places and you're not it's not going to it's not going to take over the the country. Well hello good, welcome to 2020. Had, has this person month.
0: contacted you since then or no? No. curious. And you
1: know but it's it's it it is a much bigger deal than colleges. This is what we were yeah. saying was going to happen. We didn't know when it was going to happen, but now it's happened. Now it's progressed to a point where it is the dominant culture, and they're starting, the people pushing this Marxist authoritarianism, which is what it is, it's identity politics-based Marxism, they're starting at a huge advantage. Um, what do we have? One president? <laughs> a president
0: Well, he's not even hated- principled. I mean, a little bit, yeah. but it's not even like he's- yeah. He's fighting the culture war, but it's not even like he's the savior yeah. of Western civilization. No, intellectually, he's not. And, right?
1: And I, I think, but but I think he's. I, coming from a Christian perspective, I, I like the verses that talk about how God chooses the weak to shame the strong. God chooses the foolish mm. to shame the wise.
0: Right. A reality so that, television so that, star can shame them.
1: Yes. And <laughs> yes. so I don't believe. That someone has, to, I don't even believe someone has to be a Christian to be used by God. I, I, I don't. I, I, and I, I think you are being used by God, Carter.
0: <laughs> I, I feel so used.
1: <laughs> In a good way. Damn it. But, but, but so it doesn't matter who he is. But the fact is, what do we have? We've got one president doesn't have, honestly, doesn't have a lot of power if, you know, the entire if, deep state's like,
0: fighting against him, right? Right. Everything right. is fighting you against him. You know what
1: it's like? Okay, it's like a chessboard where you've still got your queen, but they have all of, both of their bishops, <laughs> yeah. they have both <laughs> of their knights, they have, you know, and so we're but we've got a queen, and we're just running around the board all scared. Like, yes. that's where we're at. And yeah. I, I'm i happy that he is saying it. I'm happy that someone in his camp or whoever, that that he is aware of of where we're really at, that that what the real war is, all the noise and nonsense pushed out of the way, this speech for me was like, he gets it, and I like that. But right. again, I have mixed feelings that it's him. <laughs>
0: right, right, because cause you're worried so, that now that the, the, the Trump yeah. stain will be on the ideas. Um, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, I think in some ways it makes sense that you end up with someone like Trump as the only person able to speak these things because um, for a long time... The, like the left recognizes intellectual enemies and shuts them up and they did it, you know, they shut people out who were individualists from university philosophy departments decades ago, right When they, when someone who's an intellectual enemy that was armed, they got shut out. Trump was kind of like a clown. We ignore Trump. He's a reality television star. like he wasn't a threat. So it takes like it takes someone like that who you're not paying attention to who's suddenly like, oh, I see the culture where this going on and i'm going to say these things and bam they rise to power and and uh they're allowed to say them because they've been given an audience they've been they've gotten popularity and they are now in a position where they can do this um and he's the one that can speak the truth that resonates to people and this is one of the things that again i know a lot of people hate trump and i i'm not a big trump fan like for many reasons but when i sit back and look at the cultural war that we are fighting that you and i have talked about for years at this point uh he's the best i i hate to say this because again i don't think he's coming from the most principled place right I, i'd much rather have uh i don't know someone with helen Pluckrose's background be understanding what's going on <laughs> fighting right but he's the best He's the best uh, we've got in terms of someone who kind of viscerally understands what's wrong and is willing to have the balls, frankly, to stand up and say it. Uh, So, you know, here we have it. And this idea that it's a partisan left-right thing, I mean, there's a a Republican— I didn't even uh, realize—did you know about—there's something called the Lincoln Project? Like, there's all these Republicans—there's a lot of establishment Republicans still— never Trumpers, still trying to tear Trump down, make, trying to make sure he won't win, saying they would vote for Joe Biden. Uh, the reason Trump has appeal, I think, is not because he appeals to Republicans. It's because he appeals to people who feel like, what the hell is going on with my country? And he kind of get he gets it. And he's like, oh, we're gonna put the statues back up. We're gonna have a statue garden. They're destroying our history. And people are like, yeah, you know, it doesn't matter what side of the aisle I'm on. Like, this is ridiculous. Yes. Um and so I'm not actually worried about it getting painted with the with the <laughs> brush of Trump like I, I'm not worried about being in the Trump camp because yeah there are people who won't listen just because it's Trump But they were never really going to vote for Trump anyway, and they weren't really going to do much for the Cultural Revolution, I don't think, until they got to the—you don't really help fight— Well, I don't
1: care about if they vote for him or not. I just want them to listen to what— we're.
0: I understand, but I don't don't think they're going to listen to it until they're out of the mindset that they don't discount everything he says in the first place. Like, that that mindset of discounting what he says because he's Trump is part of the brainwashing. So for them to be able to really move forward, they have to lose that part anyway, right? So— Uh, I don't know that it's that bad. And I do certainly think, look, the guy gets publicity, even though they hate him. Like, this speech is televised and like, you know, he's the president. So he he gets publicity. He gets to say this stuff. And I think there's a lot of people who this will just resonate with who don't like, uh, they don't like what's going on. Maybe they're Democrats. Maybe they're not Republicans. Maybe they're people who are just like not paying attention. Uh, But they, but they've wake up to see elk statues burning in portland and going what the hell's going on right and here's this guy and they don't pay attention he's like hey this is ridiculous they're burning our history and here's some statues i'm putting together it's like all right Uh, that makes sense right um yeah i don't think it i don't think it's bad i i I get your concern i think it's a valid concern but i kind of feel like the people who are going to dismiss him because dismiss the ideas because it's trump they were gonna dismiss those ideas anyway because they're they're so if they're so anti-Trump uh that they can't listen to to arguments, then they're already NPCs for woke culture, right? They've gotta get out of that first and then you know, yeah. then maybe they can hear. I don't know. Let's do some super chats, Carrie. Do you wanna do some super chats?
1: Oh wow. Yeah, we sure. Have a, we have a bunch. Thank you guys.
0: Uh Tax Kara, thank you, care. She I says, I was heartened bad. to see all the illegal <clears throat> fireworks displayed as local authorities canceled celebrations yeah i guess that's what i didn't articulate earlier but that's like yeah people do it anyway um and that is heartening right i think that i don't people don't we're not in an america full of people who want no celebration of the principles of america um and want their statues to be torn down that's just the mainstream media uh ken lipson Thank you, Ken. Ken said, thank you. Yeah, he says I don't think you understand how many people like Trump. They can't say it in public, though. That maybe also be true. Huh.
1: Yeah, that's true. I know some people who have privately told me they voted for him, and but nobody knows that they voted for him.
0: Yeah, that's the big thing, and by the, not the big thing, but almost every Trump voter in the entire Bay Area is a private Trump voter, <laughs> right? And when I started doing this show, people were like, don't tell anyone. I it. <laughs> right, yeah, I don't tell anyone. Um, uh, thank Kent, you, Kent. Thank
1: you for the super chat. Kent says, I just sent a video in Messenger. I dare you to watch. Oh,
0: okay. Which Messenger? Thank I don't you. know what he's talking about, maybe.
1: I don't know. but I, By the way, if you guys sent me a message, my box is inundated on every platform right now, again, and I apologize, but I will get try and get back to you. I generally get back to people in. I'll just dedicate a whole day to going through there. So thank you, and I will. There's a lot of things for me to read and watch. Don't stop sending them. I'm not complaining. I just thank you for being patient with me.
0: Thank you again to Kent, who points out that the video he sent in Messenger, maybe it's Facebook Messenger, is a frivolous video. So (laughs) it's an intermittent frivolity time. (laughs) Uh, Okay.
1: Thank you, Jen. Jen gave us $10. Thanks, Jen. She says, the mainstream media get away with categorizing Trump's speeches as dark, etc, because people don't invest in going directly to the speeches themselves. Sound bites are powerful. Yes, and that's exactly what I did. I I will say anecdotally, personal experience, you can you heard it from me, uh, in 2016 I did not watch the speeches, but I sure thought I knew a lot about them. You knew them. they were dark. And I, yeah, and I would go out and this, a lot of times when you see, um, I'm sure this happens on the right too, but I'll just say it because coming from the left, a lot of times when you see leftists giving their opinions on things, a lot of times they haven't read or watched those things they're offering opinions on. It's a received opinion. They've been told to believe this and then they go and spout it as if it's their own opinion. It's like they haven't even re- watched it. You know, that was me. I did that all the time.
0: Yeah. Uh, Another chat, super chat. Thank you, little ragamuffin. Uh, it just says Carrie, and I can't tell what that emoji is, but I think it's a happy face kind of clappy thing. I'm not sure.
1: Star eyes. Thank you, little oh, ragamuffin. Star eyes.
0: There you go. I knew it was something good. Um, another one from Ken uh, Lipson. Thank you, Ken. Carrie is straight channeling.
1: Dragon energy. Oh, that's dragon a energy. Kanye, that's yeah. a oh. Kanye West thing. I oh, think it is? Trump okay. 2020. Yeah.
0: Did you see Kanye West tweeted that he was going to run now?
1: Okay. I, I have thoughts about this. Let me just say this. So I started following Scott Adams um, maybe four four years ago or so, around the same time that I started following a lot of people trying to get outside of my SJW echo chamber. And Scott Adams, if you don't know him, he created Dilbert, but he's known now for being – kind of, he's a wrong thinker. He is – he does videos. He has a Twitter account, and he um he is an expert, or or he's very knowledgeable about persuasion, persuasive speech, and I heard him talking probably in 2017 about Kanye, and he was saying he was predicting that Kanye was going to run one day for like really going to run for president, and that he probably could win, uh, based on the same reason that Trump won. He was he was comparing their ways that they both use persuasive speech,
2: hmm.
1: and. It was very, by the way, what he laid out was very persuasive for me because I I thought he was right. And I remember in 2017, I was at, I was still had my company. I was still working in entertainment. It was before I'd fully divorced myself from my old life. And uh, I was talking to my business partner about it. And I was like, yeah, I think Kanye could win. And everybody there was like, what are you talking about? That's crazy. I'm like, no, I think he is going to run. I think he might, he could win. Here's the thing. So I don't think he's, he's, Throwing his hat in too late. He's not going to be in the ballot in many states. So well, I don't he hasn't think he, filed any
0: paperwork. I don't think he's right. actually and if,
1: I'm just saying if he does, though, if he were to enter now, I, I don't think he could win, but I do think he would peel votes away from both of them. So then it would be a very interesting toss-up, in my opinion. I think if he got his, his, stuff, his crap together and he ran in 2024, I think he could win. That would be interesting. <laughs> I think he could win because I think he would win – I think he could win for the same reason that Trump won. And it totally blindsided me. I was one of those people that never saw it coming. But now that it's many years have passed and four years have passed, I've looked back at it. He he would appeal to the same people that voted for Trump because they just wanted something really different. And they wanted somebody who wasn't owned by the political establishment. Biden is a puppet. Biden is. You know, he's. What was I saying to my fellow the other night? He was like, "Well, a lot of politicians are puppets." You know, I was like, "Yeah, but some of the puppets have bigger puppet holes with a lot more hands up inside of them." You can see (laughs) the strings on
0: Biden, (laughs) right? Right?
1: No, there's like a lot of hands in that. It's like those old movies
0: where you can like see the wires that are holding him up. Yeah, (laughs) yeah.
1: So Kanye is like. I think he would still get a lot of the vote, That the same the same reason that people voted for Trump, where they felt like, well, I might be a puppet for a few things, but his puppet hole isn't his largest sum, right? That they, you would still get people, you would get people voting for Kanye for that reason, because he's something different. They don't feel like he's owned by the political establishment. Um, and then I think he would peel off some of the votes from the left. Um, I think he would probably get uh, definitely a larger, Trump got a large percentage of the black vote for a republican i know it's a small very small percentage but for a republican he got a large percentage of the black vote and according to polls it's only doubled maybe it, maybe it's even higher than double now but um right. his support and right. kanye would definitely get more than trump got and I, I think he would pull people off from the left and i think he would pull people off from the right as well so i don't know i think it could be really interesting if he ran in four four years uh, who knows president kanye
0: kanye is not um, political um which i think is actually one of the things i think still there's people that are stuck in this mindset of and i haven't totally shifted my mindset here but so i'm a little bit stuck in it but there's still this mindset of like there's the democrats and the republicans and trump is viewed as like oh he's this republican but he's really not and it's really i view trump as really the candidate that's like i'm not i'm not one of the parties even though he is in the republican party he's kind of like the we hate the parties versus we want one of the parties people, which is why you have the Republican establishment hating him, right? And which is why you have all the bureaucracy hating him. Yeah. You've got the entire deep state hating him. Yeah. Obviously the Democrats hate him. Because he's not he's not really he's not really in the political party in the same sense. He's 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 an outsider, and Kanye would do the same thing, right? There's people like me who hate both parties, and I don't even think I would like Kanye. But if you give me a choice between Kanye and one of the parties, I'll be like, mm, Kanye, Maybe. <laughs> like, he's, he's not one of the Maybe. parties. <laughs> like, okay, he's like, I will take a random person from the phone book over someone from like supported by one of the parties. So like, okay, fine. Um, Someone
1: said, somebody said this Kanye take is painful. LOL. Well, here's something. Uh, a lot of times we confuse a uh, descriptive speech with prescriptive speech. So just because I'm predicting something doesn't mean I think it should happen or it's right. the best thing. Right. I'm just saying I think, and and I'm not the best. with My political predictions have not been great, but I think the same way that people laugh at laugh it off as absurd. You know, I I laugh Trump off as absurd. A lot of people laugh Trump off as absurd, and I just say I think, prediction wise, I think he has a shot if he ran in 2024. Doesn't mean I think that's the best option that's the best future there that's what i want and i just think he right. anyway that's what that's anyway, what, got, that's what got scott adams
0: test. in trouble right because he was actually not saying i want trump to be president he was saying i think trump will win and trump is a good persuader even though i don't agree with him uh and
1: people will hear they hear people, oh you're on the trump train
0: right they yeah. just were like oh you're on the trump train in fact i don't know if you remember this but scott adams he lives here in the bay area and he, he said uh he said specifically, "I am voting for Hillary Clinton because I don't want you to hurt me." Basically, I promise I'm voting yeah. for Hillary Clinton because I don't want anyone to hurt me. So stop saying I should, like. Wow. But he was. Wow. like He said that very explicitly. He was like, "I'm voting for Hillary. I'm just telling you, yeah. I think Trump's going to win, and these are the two qualities. But I'm voting for Hillary. Don't worry, I'm on your, you know, I'm on your side. Please don't come to my house." Um, Auto.
1: Autocart says Kanye would be a disaster. People voted for Trump because they were desperate for change and to stop political correctness. Why would people vote for Kanye? I think they might. I'm, I'm just saying, I think there would be a lot of overlap between people who voted for Trump and people who voted for Kanye in 2024. Look, think of it this way. Does it make sense to you that there were a lot of people whose favorite candidates in 2016 were Bernie and Trump? Okay. That didn't make sense to me at first, but I, over time, I've come to understand it better. My Republican uncle said, who's, who's never voted for anyone other than a Republican his whole life, during the primaries, he said, well, I'm probably going to end up voting for Bernie or for Trump. I'm like, what? <laughs> and it took me a while to understand that. But it may not make sense at first, but you have to dig deep and try to figure out why, what's the psychology behind someone who would like both of those candidates? Well, they see them both as outsiders. They see them both as populists. They see them both as something different. It's not somebody who thinks like you. You have to get out of the way you think about things to understand something that you don't understand. Uh, I mean, cl- I mean, I know it sounds simple, but yeah, if you don't understand it, it's like, well, your per- point of view is is not the correct one. Try and understand what their point of view is. That means well, asking them questions about why the way why did they vote the way they voted.
0: <laughs> look at look at the. I mean, if you just look at the approval ratings of politicians generally and of the mainstream media like there's a general discontent with the establishment and that includes both parties so it makes sense that there's this kind of anti-establishment mentality and it would make sense like i don't see a lot in common with bernie and trump but they were both they both at least had an anti-establishment message they were coming at it from different angles but they both had kind of an anti-establishment message and I don't know anything about Kanye's politics. I don't think he's particularly political. I'm not saying anything good about Kanye, but I do tend to agree with you. I think he I think he could potentially appeal to uh, I don't know. A lot of people as an outsider as an outsider. Um I don't you guys again, it's not in- proscriptive. I'm not saying vote for Kanye.
1: It's descriptive. Look, we live in the crazy timeline.
0: <laughs> Look, right.
1: That's all. Right. 2020 i mean sideshow bob long... could win
0: i don't know <laughs> <laughs> all right let's let's do some more super chats uh cecil charles thank you cecil cecil says convo with claire berlinski author on twitter last night Ari riots has mental health issue mob shows manic behavior maybe interview her carrie speaks to your emotional frame of mind as an sjw uh i don't know the conversation you know the conversation he's referring to but it sounds interesting
1: Speak to your emotional frame of mind. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. There were probably a lot of things I was tagged in last night. So I'm not uh, – riots as a mental health issue. Um, oh, he's suggesting that we interview her. I would love yeah. to interview her.
0: Yeah, it sounds – she sounds interesting. Yeah,
1: with her. And but around but around mental around health around issue, around. well, I can talk to that just briefly. We've talked about this before, but I know we have a lot of new people watching. Um. I do think, well, one thing about social justice ideology, so because they 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 posit that this is a belief system that says the best way to look at the world is as this competition between groups, identity groups for power. And the way that they're gonna change the world is by redistributing power between these identity groups. But they tell you to look at everybody based on what group they're in, not as an individual, but what group they're in, they're, they are collectivists. Um, The way that they change the world, the way that they think they change the world is um, within the ideology, you uh, there's a hierarchy. You are higher on the hierarchy, the more of the so-called oppressed or marginalized groups you check off. And so it's a kind of social currency in this belief system to uh, to actually be in these categories that they call oppressed. So there are continual there are more evolving uh, identity groups so that people it makes sense there would be that this would naturally happen so that people can claim more marginalized status like look at the straight white guys in social justice ideology who start clinging to uh parts of their identity that they can claim are marginalized so this is why you see straight white guys suddenly coming out and like our friend mark harley was telling me about this guy he knows who he was claiming to be um his sexuality is He's a demisexual. I think is demisexual, which means he's exactly. only sexually attracted to people that he's emotionally attracted to. Well, that's that's not most people. that's not it's not a sexuality. But he's like I. <laughs> so I'm you're an like a more minority. traditional,
0: per, I just, <laughs>
1: Right. I'm an oppressed minority. I'm a demisexual, right? Okay. Or or they're like uh, I'm an oppressed minority because I am depressed or I have anxiety or I have bipolar or I have borderline personality or I have they start naming all these mental health issues that they have and they put that on as a badge of honor is like this is my oppression this is my currency in this belief system so I can move up the hierarchy right um this is one way in which it encourages people to stay trapped in their mental health problems, because it tells you your mental health issues are your identity and they're not, it's just something you struggle with. Everybody has stuff they struggle with. Some for some people, it's mental health stuff, for some people it's uh, financial circumstance, drugs, um, you know, some type of addiction, um, hoarding. I've been watching hoarders like whatever people struggle with stuff. They tell you that your struggle is who you are. And so it encourages you to stay in it and to not try and get past those issues. And you see this play out in a lot of videos, like you said, of the mob. They all come together. You see the screeching SJWs get caught on camera, like tearing things down. There's the, that video of the girl with the trash can screeching. There's the girl that's on her unsafe space shirt. Sure, not to get back right. into the merch. Yeah. I don't no, want but to merch yeah. trigger myself. No, but, no, uh, but, yeah. <laughs> but yes, there's those. That is like that is an ex- physical expression of mental health problems. Yeah. I think.
0: Yeah, and and, yeah, and, and social justice badly. is, yeah. Well, and also social justice, the way that it propagate because the ideas are bad, it needs to rely on uh, psychological means of propagation as well. It speaks to the elephant well, right? And if you've got a, uh, yeah. if you've got an elephant, we all have elephants that have some broken aspects to them, right? Our psychologies aren't perfect. We've all got you know issues, um, and. What this ideology tells you is that none of those issues need to be examined, that the fault always lies externally to you. And so it enables and empowers you to maintain any dysfunction that you currently are sitting in psychologically. And that's a very very attractive message. Like if you were addicted to heroin and there's one person that was like, sorry, you're going to have to quit heroin. It's going to suck. You're going to be better for it. And there's another person that was like, no, 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 the problem's not you. The problem is that doctor over there telling you that heroin's bad. Here's some more heroin. Like, let's go protest the doctor. Like, that's a much easier path to go down. And that's what social justice is um, psychologically to people. They've got, whenever they have an issue, they're encouraged to embellish that flaw psychologically and and externalize all of the problems that they have in their lives. Um, and and, And to get a sense of power over those problems they need to march against the the quote cause, which is always external, rather than do the difficult uh, introspection yeah. necessary to to recover.
1: Look, I saw someone over the weekend on Twitter, uh, uh, someone who preaches social justice, uh, tweet something about uh, you know, quit. It, it basically was like you know, straight people quit bringing up the casual drug use in the LGBT community. You're the reason that we do casual drugs. <laughs> And I was like, okay, no, that's not taking ownership. This is, this is the epitome of social justice It's you're not taking ownership for your body and yourself and your choices. You're not taking personal responsibility for anything. You're putting everything outside of you external, like, and, and which is what they they go out and they're going to fix the world, but they can't control their own drug use. Are you kidding me? You want to tell us how to remake society, but you can't take responsibility for your own unhealthy choices. This is why Jordan Peterson One of the things that he said that really resonated with people was, you know, make your bed. Clean
0: Clean, your room. Clean your damn room. Yeah.
1: Before you deign to come to a protest and tell us how to reorganize society, go clean your effing room. You know? And that's – I saw that and I was tempted to respond. And I was like, no, I'm just going to get pulled into some Twitter thing I don't need to get pulled into. But I wanted to say to that person, no – if you have a problem with drugs, that is your problem. Take ownership over it. It's not somebody else's problem. It's not even the problem of whatever happened to you in childhood. That's in the past. You're in the present now. Um, you know, you can, I heard, uh, so this this is a, a friend, a, I didn't hear this with my own ears, but a friend told me this story and it stuck with me. And it was a, it was in an AA meeting and it was a guy who, um, she said he, he talked about his abuse as a child and he talked about how his dad used to put cigarettes out on him as a kid, like horrific abuse at the hands of his father and, and much worse. But he, he taught, she remember anyway, I remember the part about the cigarette butts and he talked about how he got to a point where he realized like that was 40 years ago. Right. And for how many decades have I been the one abusing myself, Right. And and when you come to that realization, that awakening of what your behaviors do, you know, are you treating yourself the way that you would treat someone that you love? Um, So don't to put it on the dad who abused you back then. This is something I had to learn, too. Like. You're just staying stuck in the past and you're you're the one who's continuing to abuse yourself now because of something that happened way back then. You can make the choice to let that go and let it be in your past and let it stay in your past and move on and make better choices. But to say, Oh, I take drugs because of uh, homophobes. That's BS. Right. <laughs> you know, right. I'm sure that can there, that any of us can point to things that, Oh, I do this unhealthy behavior because of this, or I have stress and I need this to, you know, smooth myself out or whatever. But like at the end of the day, you're responsible for yourself. This is, this is what you have control over is your body and how you treat your body and how you treat yourself. And don't put it on other people. That's that's a that's a cop out, like stop fronting. And I just want to (laughs) clarify:
0: there can be reasons for things. Yeah, there's reasons, but not excuses, right? So, like, there may be reasons why you're tempted to do A, B, and C, or behave in X, Y, Z self-destructive manner. And those reasons are valid. And part of your psychological uh, self exploration might be uncovering those reasons and and getting over the issues so that. Those reasons are no longer influences, but none of those reasons are excuses, right? You know, like, yeah. you're not excused from your behavior simply because things happened that uh, make it, that behavior feel good to you. That's basically what you're saying. Yeah. Like, it feels good to do heroin because of child abuse or whatever. It's like, okay, well, the child abuse was bad. Uh, yes, the person that engaged in it is responsible for it and should be punished, in my opinion. Um, but, uh, and and yes, that is a reason why maybe the heroin appeals to you, but you can't use it as an excuse for it. Right. You're Um, making
1: that choice.
0: Right. Yeah. It needs to be, it needs to be something that you take ownership. Once you're an adult, you take ownership of your actions.
1: Yeah. I, I, uh, just to answer, not to belabor this too much, but the guy who asked that, also had a follow-up. He said, I was hoping you would speak about your emotions while on SJW. Well, Uh. okay. So I am, uh, we're all, you know, we joke a lot on the show that that I speak to the elephant, and Carter's more of the rational-minded, like the writer. But Carter has a big old elephant. Yeah, Car- on Friday, Carrie <laughs> was like,
0: "You have no idea how big your elephant is." I'm like, eh.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we all, we are all. That's kind of the point of Jonathan Haidt's book is that even when you don't realize you're doing it, we're all our elephant will go off in a direction, even if we tend to be more of a rationally minded person, like Carter. Sometimes you're still. I got rationally- elephant. I
0: got an elephant. He doesn't yeah. always obey. That's yeah. absolutely true. Yes.
1: Right. But yes, I do tend to be more emotionally minded than Carter, probably, I guess. And I mean, you saw it, by the way. Sorry, at the beginning of this show, I got all triggered and emotional about an argument that he and I have been having and haven't finished yet. And, I want, and I'm sorry that I wasted our time with that. And I will talk about it with you later, Carter, and I will win. We all but, love you. Okay. <laughs> but... <laughs> I uh Carter has a really big elephant so Beverly says that should be a t-shirt. Oh god, Beverly and her uh. t-shirt
0: ideas. <laughs> I, I don't even Don't start the com- right. don't open the Pandora's box right now, Beverly.
1: Okay, okay. It's yeah, not going yeah, to go well. But <laughs> <go> <laughs> right. but so emotionally as an SJW, okay? They are all about how it's it's all emotion. Your emotion is um, elevated above your reason or your argument. Okay. So this is why you will see them like in the videos from Evergreen when they're, when they're in the, one of the, there were tons of videos from Evergreen, but in one of them, you see these students screeching at a professor, or maybe it was at, maybe it was at, um, George, uh, Bridges, the president, but they're screeching at a a professor or someone. And I think
0: they screeched at everyone. (laughs) So, everyone. you're one, right one whoever the, you're talking about yes right. they screeched
1: but one of, in this video one of the professors somebody says or maybe it was another student somebody basically is like you know calm down like they're trying um, to get them to quit yelling so they can have a conversation right. and another sjw butts in and she's like you don't tone police it's not how she's saying it it's wait wait what can you
0: right I, we you need don't to put you full police. screen for this not split screen do the shoulder wiggle and the this while you do that oh. again do that do that again oh well,
1: that's it. it's just you don't tone police.
0: There you go. But you,
1: know, you and, and <laughs> the thing is, they they try to justify the emotional response. And they elevate it over the argument. And they basically say your this is this is also it's similar to how they say your lived experience is more valuable than your actual argumentation or reason or logic. And that's just not true. I will take your lived experience into consideration when I'm forming my opinion. But it doesn't weigh as much with for me because it's anecdotal. It doesn't weigh as much as your argumentation, your logic. Facts, you know what? What's the case you're making? They say it's the only thing you should look at is lived experience and emotion, right? Well, that's just BS. But they encourage you to stay in your emotion. And so, I definitely I lived much more in my emotion when I was an SJW. Um, I took I took things I took offense to things more easily. I was primed and I was indoctrinated to believe that I was an oppressed minority because I'm a woman. Um, There were times that in the entertainment industry where definitely I was being treated differently because I was a woman, but there were other times where I wasn't. And I probably just assumed that. And I went into rooms with the expectation that I was going to be treated differently if it was a room full of men. Just I would go in with this expectation, this kind of chip on your shoulder of like, I'm suppressed and it and it hurt it hurts you because it's a you're not going to prophecy in with also,
0: right? Because yeah, people are like look at the bitch problems. with the chip on her shoulder. <laughs> and then yeah. you get treated horribly. <laughs>
1: right? Like, and okay. so uh, I definitely stayed more in my emotions and you know, I had a I had a I had I had problems with. I have a family member who I think is borderline. Um you know, and I had stuff from my childhood to work through and I had um you know, emotional, I had anger issues, but see all those things, they encourage you, you know, to ex- express those when you're an SJW. And I was really, I hated Bush the same way you see TDS. I had that with Bush. I, I used to write him letters about how awful he was as a president. Um, I went to every single anti-war. I was very post-war. I went to every single anti-war president, but I made it specifically about Bush. I really hated him. I joined a running club called run against Bush, where we would run in our anti-Bush shirts and that's all we did. It's just so we could run off our anger about how much we hated him. You know, like I I did, I was very I had um all my truck was covered in SJW bumper stickers, anti-Bush bumper stickers. I had I remember one time I was at a coffee shop and and two older late old ladies said something about I had a I had a big button on my bag. My I had an army surplus bag of the button that said F-U-C-K Bush. And she was like, how rude or something. And I just unloaded on her yelling at her, you know, like one of these SJWs you see in a video. I had a lot of anger and a lot of unresolved emotional, had a lot of trauma from childhood that was unresolved. And I, this gave me a place to direct it. See, a lot of times I think SJWs are directing their unresolved trauma, their unresolved issues. Absolutely. This gives them a target that has nothing to do with their issues, but they're, they get to focus it all here and they get to feel justified taking it out here That's like the, the enablement extreme, of it yeah the enablement of it mm-hmm. and the extreme example would be antifa antifa are people that want to hurt people and they this gives them the justification where they feel like right. i can, now i'm justified ideology has given me the justification solzhenitsyn writes about this yep. and they feel justified beating you over the head with a bike lock or you know punching you assaulting you whatever they're because throwing urine and feces on people. They, but they want to do this. They have unresolved issues and this is the justification. And so Bush for me, it's like this huge target, this political thing that I can focus on and direct all of my ire and my emotional anger and my resentment and my rage and all my disappointment with myself and everything that comes from living in a false, I like in an ideology that's, um, was it Jordan Peterson that called it ideology is a crippled religion? It's a crippled religion. All of that, the negative stuff that comes from living in that, I could focus it on this person and yeah. on Republicans yeah. by 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 extension, you know.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I incidentally, uh, it's okay to like. I didn't like any president. I hated Bush, but. Um, there's something different about like oh I hate the I hate this president I hate basically every president uh, and making that the focus of all of your anger like things yeah. that weren't going in my well in my life or things that would make me angry weren't the president's fault so I could hate him on the side intellectually and if someone said what do you think about Bush I'd be like oh, I don't like him right um, but. Uh, it's the it's the it's the linking of the thing that you don't like to all of your problems and everything that's upset and everything that's making you angry, right? Someone cut you off today, f Bush, right? Like it it turns yeah. in, it turns that crazy, right? Yeah. Um,
1: if it's a straight white guy that cut you off, oh 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 oh, you know. Right,
0: right. Um, <laughs>
1: it's because he's a straight white guy.
0: Exactly, exactly. So, yeah, you know, um, I, I just kind of just make a, a comment about emotions, because I think there's a false dichotomy that people assume when I say reason is the only valid epistemological tool, blah, blah, blah. Um, not blah, blah, blah. That's important. <laughs> but uh, emotions do give you information. But the primary information that emotions give you, just like intuition, they give you information that's, that's internally focused. This is how the information emotions give you is this is how I feel about this, that's it. Now, if you have if you've studied, for example, uh, I think um, I think uh, the book was there a book Blink I think by Malcolm Gladwell is that the one I'm yeah, thinking of? Yeah, Malcolm anyway, Gladwell. Anyway, right? If if you if you are if you've studied uh, art, ancient art for thirty years, and someone shows you a painting and says. Uh, how do you feel about this? Do you think it's forgery or it's real? Just a quick look. Well, uh, you might say, I f- feel like it's a forgery. Let's say it's a forgery. I feel like it's forgery, right? Um, now, if I were to say that, it would mean nothing because my feelings about a piece of art being a forgery or not are basically invalid. Like it they're they're random. They don't mean, they're not connected to like any internal knowledge I might have about art. I have mean, nothing about art, right? right? But someone who studied it for 30 years They've got a subconscious, they've got 30 years worth of subconscious data and evaluation that goes into that. So if they look at that piece of art and go, I feel like it's a forgery, that's not enough to then arrest someone for a forgery. You then need to go do the actual evidence, but it is enough to go, hmm, maybe we should look at this a little bit more seriously because this person whose, whose intuition is primed to be able to give a good, pretty good answer is leading us in this direction. It doesn't, you can't convict on that. Right? And you nor should you, but it's enough to like lead you that's the information that intuition and emotions give you, they give you emotions about your internal state and how that relates to a conversation you're having or how that relates to uh, uh, a decision you're trying to make or you're communicating with someone. Well, that depends on how relevant your internal state is to the conversation. So if that guy looked at a cup of coffee and says, I think that's from Columbia. Well, it doesn't matter. He's not a he's an art expert, not a coffee expert. It doesn't like it doesn't his intuition is suddenly meaningless again in the conversation, right? Um so it I just I want to point out that the validity of intuition or, or emotions is is really all about cuz they are objective information. It's objectively true information about what's going on right. inside of you. And that is important information. Um, yeah. you just need to know how, how it communicates to the rest of the world and it's not something you can use as they try to evergreen like well this is my lived experience therefore blah 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 you know the right, the right way to communicate it, that is I feel X, Y, and Z about it and then you can have a conversation okay well let's explore why you feel X, Y, and Z are there actual rational reasons by this about this or do you just have borderline disorder and are crazy like there's many right. reasons why you might feel X, Y, Z not all of them are systemic racism Um,
1: right
0: so (laughs) should we do some some, some super chats here oh my
1: gosh yes thank you guys we're behind yeah we're thank you i was trying
0: to pay attention to chat today and we haven't so uh all right first of all thank you keith the hat guy keith sends us 10 bucks and says independence day fireworks in south florida were the best i ever seen all governments canceled so the people did a spectacular two-hour show thousands here proved we don't need the government to do this function you know what keith Thank you for bringing that up because I was thinking about this the other day. Uh, because I was depressed about everything happening in the world, and people can tell I've been in a mood lately, right? Like, <laughs> right. The thing is, if you look out at the world and like most of what you do on a day-to-day basis, um, your your job, most people, uh, your your job, uh, spending time with your family, doing like spending time with friends, doing things like being productive, making your life the way you want it. It actually doesn't matter what's going on. The government is totally irrelevant. You don't need them for anything. There's nothing they're doing. So, like, you can get very worked up in everything that's going on. And, and I'm not saying that it doesn't no, – of this matters. Like, therefore, we don't it care matters. about politics, culture, and philosophy. Obviously, we do, right? Because they, they they do start to encroach on your life. But for the most part, like, we have the ability to
2: – Step back.
0: Life enjoy yourself. That's, yeah. Well, we have the ability to live the life that's not – like we don't really need the government this is a great time to look back and realize like we don't actually need the government's permission for much right we can have fireworks displays actually you can cut hair without a government license but don't tell anyone um (laughs) (laughs) there's there's plenty of things that we we just don't need them for you may not
1: cut hair and really you may not be good at it (laughs) <laughs> I'm kidding.
0: I don't think a government license has any correlation to how good you are at cutting hair. Right. Mm. Uh, I didn't say it did. Okay. Okay. Uh, my 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 friend uh, texted me during this earlier because I said something about culture, and he said, "What about philosophy? It's upstream of culture." Yes, that's the thing that we say often, and we do mean it. Philosophy is upstream of culture. And can I just share with you, Carrie? I this is not a spoiler, but I have like a couple spots in the <laughs> book that I've really liked so far, and yeah, it's so long. That there's no way we're gonna get to all these things in book clubs. So I can say them now. Okay,
1: but real quick before you do that, are yeah. you in danger of losing the super chats that we scrolled past?
0: No, I got it right here. Oh okay. Cool. I can go down. Okay. Um so uh so there's a, a philosopher, like one of these new new philosophers, not like an old school philosopher, a new philosopher here. His name is Dr. Pritchett. And he's at a party, and there's this there's this person who's only referred to as the earnest matron and she's talking to Dr. Pritchett. And uh, and the, one of the characters Francisco comes up and says and and like joins the conversation and she says to Francisco, "We were just discussing discussing a most interesting subject," said the earnest matron. "Dr. Pritchett was telling us that nothing is anything." And the conversation continues and Francisco mentions that he studied under Dr. Pritchett, Pritchett's predecessor. Um guy named Hugh Axton. And so the Ernest Matron says, Just what did Hugh Axton teach? asked the Ernest Matron. Francisco answered, He taught that everything is something. <laughs> and I I just the thing I love about this book, I'm not gonna be geek out on it too much, biz um philosophy like bad philosophy has consequences, but they're so far removed that like People just don't – you don't see it until it comes – and more and more people are waking up because the consequences are becoming more and more and more and more obvious. Carrie woke up when Trump was elected, right, because she looked at the – she looked at what was going on and mainstream was like, oh, my God, this is – they're lying about – they're lying, Right. Some people are, like, just waking up now because statutes are being torn, are being torn down. Yes. They're going, oh, my God. Some people won't wake yes. up until later, right? Because the more concrete and more obvious the consequences of bad philosophy become, the more people will wake up and realize, oh, my God. And we just have to hope that uh, enough people wake up before the consequences are uh, too bad too bad yes the concrete consequences are so bad that waking up is not relevant because you're shuffling your way and by the
1: way car. some people will never wake up some people are yes. going to be the people that will put the kind of personality that would put people on boxcars that yep. would line people up and shoot them some people are not going to wake up but i do believe that i do believe that people like you said people are waking up now and i think that I think that although my old ideology took a great leap forward in the past month or so, like it, it's in a new phase now, um, of activation oh, definitely. It's, it's everywhere, yeah. everywhere. But <laughs> yeah, one consequence of that is that it may have ramped up too fast. This accelerating, this acceleration that happened, it, everything had been progressing at a slow boil for years. And right. that was part of the reason that people like my old friend could tell, could believe that I was making a mountain out of a molehill hill, because it was progressing slowly or more slowly. than, But now it's such such an acceleration that I think that, that a lot of people are waking up because it happened so fast and now it's everywhere.
0: So yeah, I mean, that's one that's of the... We, we can... Like, maybe they've made a tactical error and jumped the shark. And, like... Or the, their mask came off too early, right? If it's like, haha, yeah. I've got you! I'm an axe murderer! And it's like, actually, there's still a you know, iron gate between us and I have time to go get my gun. It's like, oh, oops, I revealed myself to her. <laughs> like you gotta like yeah. they gotta wait until they have they got it in the bag and they might not have waited long enough, uh, which would be great. Yeah. Uh, we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. Um all right, let's do some super chats. Uh Verity Renaissance. Thank you, Verity Renaissance. Verity Renaissance says, just wanted to let you know, um praying for you all. Keep up the good work. I do believe God's using you. Yes, that includes you, Carter. <laughs> This is the first super chat I've sent, by the way. Thank you, Verity, for the super chat. Thank you, Verity. And I'll try not to feel used in a bad way. Let's see. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Next super chat. Jeffrey Bargeron? Bargeron? I'm not sure how to say that. Sorry. I have friends. Thank you, Jeffrey. I have friends and relatives with the TDS, and it's so hard to love people and know they aren't seeing the whole picture. Yeah. It is uh and and with kids with kids or something like that, it's particularly difficult, right? because with friends, you can theoretically cut ties like you don't have to have those friends. I mean it might be painful, but with kids the or you know loved one like loved ones like actual families, sometimes the bond is so strong that it's like you know, I've gotta be there. We talked about this last week, you just gotta be patient and be there and 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 wait um although you know what I was thinking this is i I'll say this with respect to friends generally. But um, there's this concept in sales of getting to know. Um, it's similar to like raising money for a startup also when you, when you go out and you try and pitch to investors. Uh, the worst thing that you can get is like this milk toast we're interested thing. And they kind of like drag it out forever. <laughs> you just want to know like you like you'll call investors and be like like are you in or out just like tell me tell me no if you tell me no i can cross your name off the list and i can like move my energy like i can move forward and find someone else but playing this dance dancing for six months is just killing me right i can't do that right i gotta know um and so you want to get to a no and one nice thing aside from the i know last week we talked about standing up for what you believe in and not letting that piece of yourself die and having integrity and saying what you believe and that's a reason to To stand up to people sometimes another reason to do it with friends It doesn't have to be in a, in a jerky way But to another reason to say what you believe to friends is to stand up is to get to know Right if they're the kind of people that are going to hate on you because you're not woke find out now and move on and find some better friends like there are people who will just despise you the whole time um, and yeah, getting to know, no like, bringing that to a resolution quickly uh, is actually good for you. There's practical reason to get to a no, even with friendships. Um, so I'm not sure that applies to Jeffrey's post at all, but it made me think of it.
1: Uh, while Carter's pulling up the next Super Chat, um, if, if it's your first time here and you like the video, excusing my butt-heartedness at the beginning, you can click like. And you can share the video. And if you want to support us financially, of course, you can do a super chat if you're on YouTube. Or if you don't want to do that, we have a subscribe star. at Subscribestar.com. Just look for unsafe space. And you can tip any amount. Um, what's the next one?
0: Next one is from Cemetery of Choice. Do you want to read it? Or do you want me to?
1: I can't see it. So you read no. it.
0: Fireworks only authorized if launched towards police station. <laughs> yes. Or, or, or towards uh, who is, uh, Cassandra Fairbanks' house. Uh, barbecue only authorized if cooked over embers of businesses you torched. <laughs> yes, that is the world we're in, Cemetery of Choice. Thank you for the reminder. <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't Who's the next I don't know one? what to say about that. Blackbeard, thank you, Blackbeard. Blackbeard says, When will we see the VP Biden is running for? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know when when it, uh
1: it, it's Alexandria be, Ocasio-Cortez
0: will announce that she's look, running. No, game.
1: I'm going to make another Kamala? prediction. Who do you think? I've, so one, what I made a prediction earlier about Kanye. If he runs in 2024, I think he has a good shot. I, don't I think Biden is going to pick a black woman, and I don't think it matters who it is. So that's my prediction. We'll see.
0: So it would be like a Stacey Abrams or a Kamala Harris. Those are your, your, like those kind of.
1: Or stories. no, it could be a totally. I'd actually you, think you someone be we don't around. know even. Someone we don't really know well, because oh. then there's not an existing body of uh, of, of negative, you know, like the, there's already arguments against oh, Kamala Harris. But it won't be I
0: mean? like Condoleezza Rice.
1: Oh, no, it won't be Condoleezza Rice. <laughs> it will be an SJW and it will be a black woman. This is my prediction.
0: OK, so Candace Owens, you, you can sit down now. He's not he's yeah. not going to call you. Um, all right. Uh, Thank you to Lori uh, Flaglor for the super chat. She says, Carrie, thank you for the letter from the young man who was no longer an SJW. I tried his tips. It made dinner with my left-leaning sin much better. I think she meant son.
1: Son. That is awesome, Lori. I'm so glad to hear that. That makes me happy. We uh, are working on, I am working on some resources for parents and I know there are some other people working on things as well and I really that's a topic I want to keep coming back to
0: absolutely yeah um by the way Wombat of doom in chat says I have to wash my mouth out because I said Stacey Abrams I think you might be right Wombat (laughs) I may need to do that uh okay next super chat Libertas 26 thank you Libertas 26 it would never happen but Trump should choose Condi Rice as his running mate uh, watch the left choke on that. Uh another I don't know why Condi Rice is in the zeitgeist suddenly. Uh I don't know why. Uh yeah, he wouldn't do that.
1: Thank you, Libertas.
0: Yes. Sorry, I'm scrolling. There's more. There's more.
1: Oh, you guys. Thank you very much for all the chats. Is the next one from Second Amendment?
0: I don't know. I gotta scroll down to get to oh, it. Okay. I had to like scroll up. I leave my scroll at the last super chat that I did so that I don't lose them.
1: Okay. While you're pulling up the next one, I'm going to start talking about something. Uh, yeah. I don't know if you guys saw, but there's this actress, Brie Olson, I think is your last name. And she just came out with a YouTube channel and it's been heavily promoted by the mainstream, the legacy media. There's articles everywhere about it's positive and it's the voices that we want to hear on YouTube. And you know, like a full on, very expensive PR campaign to promote this YouTube channel. And get this, YouTube, uh, the, you know, we know they censor. They censor anyone right. who's not speaking social justice ideology. They, they demonetize half of our videos. They, um, they recently pulled, yanked, completely yanked Stefan Molyneux off of YouTube. Total, all, all gone. And what he had built, what, how many followers did he have? Millions? I don't know. He had a he huge following. He had
0: a, a slightly under a million followers, but he had like 10 something years of content. And he, he cranks out and- several videos a week. So he had thousands of videos and comments. Right.
1: So they've been systematically going, they've been purging people. This started a few years ago. They're ramping it up now. And, um, you know, now that the cultural revolution is on, I think they feel safer. They've already taken out a lot of big fish off of YouTube, like Alex Jones. And they feel safer going after, they're systematically going through and taking down um, people who who are, I would say, they, they don't speak SJW ideology. I use the term wrong thinker loosely. Mm-hmm. But um, so they, they do that. But the other thing they do is they dishonestly promote social justice content. They put it in the recommended. You you don't even have to be following Bree, whatever her name is. Her videos will show up in your feed. Her comments will show up in your feed, like promoted tweets. And – they put her in the trending, even though she's not trending. They had, they had, she had less than a million views. I think yesterday or the day before in this first video, but they still had her in like number five trending. That is manipulation. They also didn't make her jump through the hurdles that regular creators have to jump through. Um, I don't know if you know this, but as a YouTube channel, like as a creator, you have to pass two thresholds. You have to have a thousand subscribers and you have to have a certain number of hours of videos watched. Yep. And so we hit our video watched threshold first because our we tend to do long-form content and we'd had a lot of video, hours of videos watched. And then we hit our subscriber count and then we could monetize. Now, of course, we called it, we had a demonetization party because we're like, <laughs> yeah, we can monetize, but what does that mean? Because they're not going to let us monetize most, even though we can now officially monetize, they still demonetize most of our videos. Um, they, They... Put, they gave her a verified check mark, which they've said they don't give those out anymore. They did that as a brand new channel. They automatically monetized her channel before she even launched. Okay. They put her in all the YouTube promoted stuff. And then the video itself, I watched it. And you guys should, I, I mean, go take a second and watch it and give it a thumbs down if you don't like it.
0: <laughs> is it, <laughs> because, is it, what is it like? They
1: had, I believe, I believe they also, this is just my opinion, they launched it with a lot of fake bot likes, okay? Just like their YouTube Rewind crap. That sure, they do of course review. they do. They had a bunch of fake, and then as soon as the PR campaign kicked in, and it was in Variety and all these places, as soon as people realized it was out there, the, the dislikes started popping up. So the video is her, um, and I watched uh, I watched Nerd Roddick take it apart uh, the other night. I'm going to be on their channel soon, I'm not sure when, but... I was watching those guys to see what they talk about and they had Eric July on. It was a great episode and they were taking it apart and it basically she, it's her kind of pretending to be I'm natural. Just like you guys, like some of these other celebrity accounts that have popped up, right? Right. I'm natural. I'm just like you guys. And she's doing like almost pre, you. She clearly has multiple camera angles. There's lighting. You know her management team was involved. You know YouTube was involved. YouTube probably sent a production crew there's to help her production this thing. studio there with there's several a whole people production doing studio, this And she's doing that thing where she's like, "Oh, i Oh, I messed it up. Beep." And then they retake, and then, "Oh, ah." ah you know, I'm so bad at this. And then it's her um, interacting with popular social justice YouTube YouTubers, So they put her in touch with all these creators who have big followings who preach social justice. And she's talking about how this channel is going to be all about, um, uh, she, at one point she uses the phrase, um, anti-racist rhetoric, which is a social justice phrase for racism. At another point, she says, uh, I'm a white woman with, would she say, I'm a white woman with privilege and a platform. So I want to make sure my channel's not just about me. And this is after like the, everything it's called the three it's called, it's her name is the channel and everything's about her and all of it. the whole thing is about her and it's her, you know? And, and the funny thing is when she's talking to all these famous YouTubers who I didn't know, cause I don't follow, I, I do follow some social justice YouTubers not a lot. Shucks the Lily Singh, who's terribly unfunny. Um, she's, as she's talking to them, she's like getting tips on how to do a YouTube channel. But the funny thing is that she starts off the conversation with all of them by saying, um, I've come to a really important decision in my life. I'm going to start a YouTube channel. (laughs) I don't know why that makes me laugh so hard. (laughs) It's not like I've come to a really important decision in my life. I've been struggling with this question for a while and I think God does exist. Or like some deep philosophical question that she's been wrestling with. It's like, I've come to an important decision in my life. I'm going to be starting a YouTube channel. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) <laughs> okay.
0: <laughs> Wait, who, it's, it's, who is this? Is it is it the woman? Is it okay. Brie Larson who played that That's uh, it. Captain? Played whatever Captain Marvel.
1: Person? Yeah, so she played uh-huh. the SJW version of Captain Marvel, and uh. the whole thing is ridiculous. It's just, but but. But what the guys on Nerdrotic were pointing out, what Eric July was pointing out, and this is very true, is that it doesn't matter what your political leanings are or what your ideology is. Even if you're a social justice YouTuber, I think you should be offended that they they say that this is they, – they say this is this democratic platform and that the what, what people like rises to the top. But they don't do that, and we know they've changed the algorithms and they know they suppress content. But even if you're a social justice content creator and your stuff doesn't get suppressed, doesn't it bother you that this person comes in and is automatically monetized and automatically verified and automatically showing up in trending and in recommends and automatically has, you know, a bunch of, I think, manufactured likes. Doesn't, isn't that upsetting? And they, and they pretend like, It's not manufactured. I saw tweets from the people behind her campaign, like the entertainment. I used to be a manager. I saw tweets from people who are on her management team. They're all like, I mean, she had a huge team put this thing, this produced thing out. YouTube started off as a platform for everybody, for the common man. If you made content that people liked, whether you were doing cat videos or, or political commentary or, or impersonations or instructional videos or videos about tactical, like about guns, whatever you were doing, if people liked your content, it would rise to the top. I represent, I used to represent, um, this comedian who he started on YouTube. Well, he started outside of YouTube, but once we started putting the videos on YouTube, that's when he blew up in the mainstream. It was the Kelly shoes guy. Um, back when he was doing videos, if it was good and people liked it, it rose to the top. Then they started. What did they do? They start changing everything. They bring in. They bring in these tastemakers who start deciding what gets put in the recommended. Instead of it being what's actually trending, they start picking and telling you what you need to watch. And it's only gotten worse since then. And ideologically, it's gotten a lot worse in terms yeah. of what they suppress now. But. Yep. I meant for you to pull, uh, sorry, I, ha- I was hoping you had time to collect super chats while I did that.
0: Uh, well, I have the next, I have the okay. s- 2A defense okay. law one up, uh, so let's do that. Do you want to read it since that. you were ready?
1: Uh, yeah, 2A self-defense law gave us $10. Thank you, sir. He says, would you consider writing a new letter to Bush? I, I ask you not to prop up Bush, but for you. Um, wow, well, that's a good idea. Maybe I would do that. Yeah, I'm a different person now that's probably a good psychological exercise to write a letter that I don't send. You know, that's just like, here's what I thought about you. And I still don't like you as a political. (laughs) I don't like, I don't like what you, I don't. Don't send that.
0: I'm not liking it so far. It's not, no, no, no,
1: no, no. no, no. (laughs) But I don't have this visceral hatred for you anymore. I don't focus all of my unresolved issues on you. You know, like that's unfair. You're a human being.
0: Even Bush is a human being. Uh, Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And, actually, I thought that Bush would be the most clueless president we would ever elect. But I was wrong. I think Joe Biden is going to come in. Okay. Uh, All right. You want to do Henry or you want me to do Henry? You do it. All right. Henry, thank you. Henry gives a super chat. He says, fanciful news alert. All SGWs self-deport to Chaz in solidarity with the plight of the undocumented, saving the U.S. from impending Marxist rule. Hashtag I wish. Uh, You know, it's a great idea, Henry, but Chaz, I heard that Chaz had been disbanded. There was a couple murders in the Shangri-La utopia of Chaz slash chop, and uh, I believe it no longer exists. But I do like the idea of, uh, I know that people, it's like a, if you don't like this country, leave it. Like, I, I know that attitude is stupid in the sense that, like, you do want to change the country you're in, but... If you like don't if you don't like the fundamental tenets of the country then like maybe you actually should consider leaving it like there's like a hey we like the fundamental tenets but there's things things we want to change about the country like oh, okay fine but if you're like this country was founded on racism it's like oh maybe you should find somewhere else man like i i don't i don't know if that's what you really think uh henry sends but, also the next thank one
1: Thank you Henry yeah he accidentally sent it oh, twice sent it so twice. thank you thank you sir
0: he, we we get to double thank you uh, okay, let's let's move down to the next super chat, which will just take me a moment, but I I will have to scroll. All right.
1: Thank you, guys.
0: Okay, the next one. Okay. The next one is from Judge Lot. Thank you, Judge Lot. Judge Lot's also a subscriber, I know. Thank you, Judge. Um, 25 bucks thank you judge judge says carter what are your thoughts on curtis yarvin neo-reactionary thought in the dark enlightenment thanks uh, this isn't the answer that you want to hear judge but i'm gonna say it because it's the right answer i need to spend i i know of him um i know he's anti-democracy which i think is good <laughs> um but i need to uh I need to study more before I really give an answer about what I think about him overall. And after I do that, I might wanna have him on the show. Uh, So I don't wanna say anything that is not based in a a firmer understanding of of what he believes. So I've actually had a tab up on his website um, for a while to read some of his stuff, Um, but I just haven't. So I will prioritize that and I promise I promise I will come back on a future show soon and give you better thoughts about it. But I don't want to. I don't want to just say random BS. Um, okay, Teresa the kid. Uh, thank you, Teresa the kid. YouTube is shoo. I don't even. <laughs> oh, ass ass YouTube is ass I got it. I understood. I understood oh, the way the kids type nowadays. Thank you, yes. Teresa the kid. <clears throat> The old and guy, by the way,
1: somebody, people, I'm just reading, people corrected me in the chat. Yeah, it's the person I was talking about, the, the YouTube is pushing out. And they, they do this periodically, is they push SJW accounts on everybody. And this one just happens to be, an, it's an actress. It's Brie Larson, Brie
0: an Larson. actress.
1: I think I said Olsen. I think that's a porn star. It's not Olsen. It's Larson.
0: Oh. Anyway. Brie Larson's the name that I know. And that's the one who played the Captain America We'll, yeah captain, we'll
1: captain
0: yeah yeah okay um captain marvel marvel whatever that's right captain America <laughs> was a guy He's captain something or other i didn't watch i don't i don't like those movies i'm sorry i know a lot of people love them i just don't uh all right uh next super chat thank you mary mahoney uh mary sends us 10 bucks and says is there anything you can relay about laws that restrict i have to i have to several stores And have been told I have to wear a mask. They refuse to allow me to purchase anything. Uh, Well, what I do know with what they're doing is they know that they can't police this with actual police. And they know that a lot of the actual police don't want to waste their time enforcing this. So what they're doing is they're using, like for restaurants, they're using the health department. I don't know what department they're using, but they're using bureaucracies for stores to basically say... A store you have to you have to follow these rules and then the bureaucrats are empowered to go enforce the rules in some way by holding the making the they're basically turning the establishments into police so they're they're building their own little stasi army because the the
1: establishments get fined if they don't enforce it
0: right right so that's how they're going about doing it so i wouldn't necessarily blame the store in a lot of cases the store is in between a rock and a hard place, even if they don't want to do the mask thing, they will get fined or shut down or, or whatever um, if they don't do it. And it obviously it depends on your jurisdiction, but that's my understanding.
1: So, here in Texas, um, they have to give you a warning the first time. Okay. And also, uh, there are exceptions for people who have any type of pre existing, like a medical condition that prevents them from wearing the mask. And but I they can't assume ask you that. They can't ask you. Yes, the AD, what is it? The Americans with Disability Act prevents them from asking you what your disability is. So,
0: from, is it the ADA not or a, is it just HIPAA? It's health compliance. Oh, they is can't it health, ask, HIPAA? I think.
1: But oh. either, but just like with a um, a service dog or whatever, I'm pretty sure they're not allowed. So I don't. Right, I haven't maybe. been claiming that. I've. I've but I know people who have, and especially if you can't breathe in it, don't. I would say, I'm not a lawyer, but don't wear it and just tell them you have an existing condition that says you can't wear it. Now, I haven't done that, but what I have done is...
0: I love what you've done, by the way. Okay. It's the best thing ever. So
1: these are just some ideas. So they don't say what kind of mask. And so um, one night I went to the grocery store. Can you guys see that?
0: Oh, that's so awesome. Does it show up? <laughs> I, I love not No, they can, it. Show- they can see it. Oh, okay. They I can see it. Okay. Yeah.
1: So... <laughs> I, I wore this mask, um, and I, and now here's something, okay, we talked about when I was in an SJW and I lived in anger, You, I have, like somebody in chat, so I think it was El Caro. I have a monster inside of me, everybody does, I have a shadow self, I have a dark side, my goal, my, my challenge, the way I live now, is to be, to recognize that and to not let that monster control me, or not to live in that, right? So if I wore this to the grocery store, you could easily go there with an attitude like, oh, I hope somebody says something, you know, so I can go off. No, I went there thinking, I just want to make people laugh and I'm just going to smile. And if somebody does get mad, I'll just smile and play. And I brought another cl- mask just in case I'd be like, okay, I'll put it on. But I had a really funny experience. I go to the grocery store. Um, most people I realize don't look at you. I think this is. I think this has gotten worse since the mask wearing people don't make yeah, eye yeah, contact. Yeah. But the couple of people who did, there was a woman get on one aisle. She did. She moved, was moving her buggy out of my way and she did a double take. And then she started laughing. She started laughing. And I just smiled at her and was like, you know, continued on my way. And that was kind of funny. We had this moment where I made her laugh. And it was just it was just funny. There was human connection without any speech. Right. And then um, the one of the funniest things was the um, the guy at the checkout who I've seen several times. He's really an odd bird. I like this dude. I think he likes me. You know, we're friendly as, as, as much as you can know or like your checkout guy. Um, and he, he saw me and he was like, hi. And he didn't say anything at first. And then he was like staring at me. And then finally he says, uh, do, you, do you have a covering for this part of your face? And he pointed at his mask. And so I just said, well, I have this kind. And pointed at mine and he was like <laughs> I I didn't laugh guys you would be happy I didn't crack I just said <laughs> very clearly I have, I have this kind and he was like oh okay
0: <laughs> he just, he just said, thought okay. you were retarded <laughs> I think that's awesome
1: it's special but it was very funny I and then on the way out this other woman looked at me like she like an employee looked at me like she might be about to say something so I just smiled at her and she reflexively smiled back and I
0: Carrie <laughs> I love that that's like my favorite <laughs> story about the mask.
1: But so but I have I do have a mask and I have worn it in a few places I just wrote on it mind control because I felt really I don't like the forced mask I didn't write anything on my mask until they started enforcing it. And I don't like, I don't feel like the government has a place to do that. And so that's just my little rebellious spirit put on there. I will put it on if I go into a store that requires it. But I do want to do the fun mask thing again. I think next time I try it, I'm going to, what I'm going to do is wear the Phantom of the Opera one, but I'm going to have my Batman one with me, which is big. It's more dramatic. And it's like a cowl, you know, and if they say something like, Oh, I'm sorry, ma'am, you have to put on a different guy. then I'm gonna get the Batman one you out You be the like, Batman one out? Oh, but I've okay, I did get another one and like put that one on. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think it's great, Carrie. Uh, anyway, you can have brilliant. fun with it, guys. It's brilliant. <laughs> uh, um but not to uh I don't want I don't want to bring us down about this, but uh you know I have been tracking what's been going on
1: okay uh, this is not, not fun is it <laughs> uh,
0: well i mean right ahead. Right again ahead. i'm not going to talk about the death rate because it is lower than everyone okay. thought at the beginning so we're not i'm not having that conversation but um so i've been tracked this is just california by county seven day rolling average uh, number of new cases per day and it goes from green which is basically the zero range and up to red which is bad so if you look this is way back in march you can see this um you'll notice for most counties right watch what happens right after the uh black lives matter protests wow boom there have been like there has been a massive increase in i mean again this is according to the official numbers I'm not getting into an argument about whether the official numbers are correct or blah, 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 or, and it's also like, maybe we're testing more. There's a bunch of reasons why this should be. But if you just look at that, like from that level and you accept the numbers. um, And I actually saw something about uh, hospitals in Texas being overwhelmed. Although I I don't know what to trust with the media anymore. So who knows? Um, But it's the thing that bothers me about this particular thing is, you know, we were told you couldn't assemble, and as soon as the George Floyd protest slash Marxist revolution—let's just call them what they were, as soon as the Marxist revolution protests uh, started, all the healthcare professionals signed a big thing about how you know <laughs> participating in BLM protests is is more important than COVID, and and that's what you should do. And uh, maybe we're seeing the result of that. They just—they don't care about anything. Yeah, I just they, they're so they're such well, hypocrites.
1: And it's it's sad how willing people are to believe these lies that they put out where as long as they can see a headline that says, hey, the um, the leftist protests had nothing to do with the spike in covid, then they feel otherwise and otherwise intelligent people feel. Comfortable believing that because that's what they want to believe. It can't possibly be
0: true, right? Like it's it's not true.
1: And we know they admitted in New York, they specifically excluded that from the questions they asked people in contact tracing. Right. So how would they know? They made sure to exclude it. And Garcetti in Los Angeles had to come out and correct himself afterwards and say he was wrong about saying it had nothing to do with it. You know, obviously it has
0: something to do with it. Yes. Yeah. It's just, even if it's the common cold, it doesn't matter if it's COVID, any communicable disease, anything, no matter how, what it is, large groups of people together standing next to each other is going to increase the transmission, (laughs) assuming that it goes from human to human, uh, unless it's like an STD, I guess then it would have to be an orgy or something. But like, if it's, if it can go airborne or by contact or whatever, like, yeah, it's going to increase it. Fine. Um, and, you know, I know there's arguments for, like, we need herd immunity, blah, blah, blah. I'm not going into the, those arguments. Like, I, I get all that. I get the data might not be reliable. I get I get all that. My point is just, like, they've been pointing us to these numbers for so long. And then when it's politically convenient, they say, oh, never mind. You can amass in crowds. And now that that's dying down uh they're like oh you can't amass in crowds anymore and by the way this this all this red that we just showed that has nothing to do with the fact that we told you you could get into it's like you know you can't yeah you can't believe any of this stuff all right let's do some more
1: yeah
0: super, super chats battle gnome well, 23 wanna... you want to read it go ahead oh, no you okay. do it battle gnome 23 thank you um uh, battle gnome gives us five bucks and says government isn't supposed to be central but it is the left's religion and they are the evangelizing zealots Yes, and as an atheist, I, I say this quite a yeah. lot, there are very few actual atheists in the world. Most are state theists, and the entire left are state theists. So um, yeah, they worship the state as their god. Carrie's very excited about something. She'll tell us later.
1: Oh, uh, I'm, my fella and I are doing a juice cleanse, and I just got my ah. juice delivered
0: the, Juice cleanse, by right. him. yeah. Ninja <laughs> Kitty gave us a super chat. Uh, thank you, Ninja Kitty. And you do enough for the show. You don't give, need to give us super chats, Ninja Kitty. Ninja Kitty says, Open the pod bay doors, Hal. I'm afraid I can't do that, Dave. Uh, Ninja Kitty and I had a conversation about 2001, which is a great book. And I love the movie, although my family fell asleep for the movie. But the conversation that we had about 2001 was the it takes balls for a director to do this to like... Open with a black screen and and music and have like no dialogue for a large portion of the beginning of the movie and um, I love it and I think it sets the tone but it requires like it sets a mood it sets a tone it's like fascinating I, I think it's brilliant but uh, we're it's we are gotten to this conversation like it, we're in this world now where people are like there's not an explosion yet like I'm gonna check Facebook while I watch like they, no one can pay attention everyone falls asleep now during 2001 uh but thank you ninja kitty okay
1: thank you ninja kitty
0: i know it's not related to anything that we're normally talking about
1: that's okay
0: you want to do henry up
1: the, as you're pulling the up the next one no i want to somebody who didn't give a super chat but i will mention this anyway somebody says i was scrolling through and somebody says well they i'm not going to read that word but they say f all the way off with your mass games no here's the thing the government needs to F all the all the way out. I hate that expression by the way. I mostly hear social justice warriors use it all the way off. It's not unique or original. You're just repeating what you've had other people say. It's like it's like when people say asking for a friend. I'm so tired of that. I don't care who says it. I've heard it all I've heard it too many times. Just, no, you're asking for yourself. Just be honest. I don't like it. <laughs> anyway, F all the way off with your mask gains. No, the government should F all the way off with their authoritarianism and with enforcing unconstitutional dictates on people. And, and you know what the, I like, I like joy and I like laughter and, uh, everyone I saw there, at least the people who saw the mess laughed and smiled. If there were someone like you there who got upset, well, I would have smiled at you and moved on and I'm sorry. No, I'm not sorry. I'm not sorry that you don't enjoy joy <laughs> I, I'm not sorry that you, I, I'm a person who likes to play You're the and I today. like joy um, Yeah, and, and if you don't like that's you if you want to be a miserable person who looks at something like that and gets offended well go be offended you know it must suck to be you but I will continue to, to play my mask games and I've got other ideas for what I want to do that are fun and uh, anyway
0: sit, I, sit I would like to clarify your, something for those of you who are new right. to the show um, but My family and I were wearing masks and self-isolating well before any government in the U.S. said "boo" about this whole thing. Um, We were paying attention to it. We were nervous. We took action that we felt was necessary. Um, If you and and we're we're we've changed our behavior a little bit since then because the data has changed, right? But we were being conservative. We were being careful. We did what we felt was necessary. There's nothing wrong with wearing a mask. The problem is forcing people to wear a mask is different than leaving it up to the decision of businesses and people themselves. If your local business wants to require a mask without pressure from the health department, fine. They can require a mask and you can decide to not go there if you don't want to. Um, yeah, if you want to wear a mask fine if you're worried that not another enough other people share your opinion about communicable disease and you think everyone should be wearing a mask You should probably shelter in place at home still um, yeah. There are plenty of things going on in the world. Like there's always risk. There's always risk so You know, it's up to you to make your own decision and you know, there was a there was a discussion about this in the unsafe space telegram chat over the weekend and the the truth is The value of wearing masks, the risk of the disease, like all this stuff is actually quite complex. And there's no, this is one of those examples where reasonable people can disagree on the right course of action. Uh, And for many reasons aside, for that reason, morals aside, but for that reason, people, reasonable people should be allowed to make their own decisions. Uh, the fact that the government has decided what to do here does not make it morally correct. It's, it's immoral for them to force people to force businesses to force people. Uh, so that's what we're pushing basking it back against, not yeah, the idea of actually was, wearing a mask if you want to wear a mask.
1: Right. And when it was, um, uh, voluntary, like when, when the businesses themselves got to decide whether they were enforcing it or not. You can choose then, like you said, which businesses you want to go to if you don't want to wear one, etc. Or you can go ahead and put it on, which I did a few times, if I really wanted to go to that store. What I do not like and I disagree with is the government imposition and government force. And yes, I will protest that in my own way. um, However, I see fit because it is still a free country and I choose to do it with a bit of frivolity and fun. And yeah. that's all. Somebody said, you know, your my rights don't end where your fear begins. Exactly. Right. If you are afraid, you know, sit your ass at home.
0: I mean, you could easily say never <laughs> drive because driving is dangerous and you might yeah, kill someone I'm like, yep, you might. A lot
1: more people are going to die from automobile accidents.
0: Right. Than and from, this is, a, you know, yeah. Thankfully, this is a this, question this, of like, what you kind of country you want before, to live
1: in. The death rate is down. The death rate is down, thankfully. And they're not even talking about that.
0: Right. So and, and look, look, I think a lot of things still aren't clear about this virus. So like reasonable people, depending on the information they have, their own personal risks, what's going on in their area with well, their interpretation of the data can make their own decisions. But, um, you know, you got a choice you got to make fundamentally. Do you want to live in a country in which you are uh, wars of the state to be protected from everything that might give you an owie? Or do you want to be free people with personal responsibility? and some of us want to be free with personal responsibility and someone mentioned smoking in in the chat earlier um they said just just now i think it was uh i think it was teresa but yeah terese terese lupo said cigarette smoke gives me migraines i don't i i don't get to tell people not to smoke you know what i want to bring that up because i think it's a great example i i hate cigarette smoke uh i had uh asthma growing up as a kid i absolutely hate smoke but you know what i opposed. When these laws started to come out, all these freaking laws about not being allowed to smoke in bars, I oppose them. I oppose them. I oppose not being allowed to smoke in restaurants. Why? It's none of the government's business. Do I like that restaurants are smoke-free? Yes. Do I want to live in a world where, where, where the government tells a restaurant that it can't allow smoking? No, I don't. It's more important that I live in a free country than I get my comfort in a restaurant. If there's a restaurant or bar that didn't have a good separation or that had too much smoke, I would just stop going there. I don't need, like there's plenty of options for eating. I don't need yeah. to go to places that have smoke. Um, it's and the so- free,
1: The free market, let the, let the business decide and then you decide which ones you wanna go to. That's
0: right. Um, but you've gotta be able to be, you have to be, you have to have the integrity to oppose things that you would find convenient. I'm more like, just like Therese was saying, I would, I love when there's not smoke. I love that the bars don't have smoke in them. I don't go to bars, but restaurants, like it's great for me personally. However, I oppose it. I oppose that it's, it's forced. They should not be forced.
1: What you're talking about though, it requires a person to have principles and to apply those principles universally. or or, or, almost to apply those principles universally, regardless of whether or not they morally agree with whatever activity is being discussed. And a lot of leftists can't do that. Whatever they think is immoral, they think should be illegal. And I used to be that way. If I thought it was immoral, it should be illegal. Well, now I don't believe that way anymore. There are lots of things that I disagree with that I don't think are moral or healthy or, um, that people should engage in. And I don't like it when people engage in around me, but I think it should be legal.
0: I mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's so much immoral. Like I don't, and I'm not even sure what everything, like, is it immoral? Is it immoral to smoke? Well, I don't know. Like, it's certainly not immoral to like, I, I don't know if you're smoking out of like Well
1: somebody might say it's immoral for you to smoke next to them. Right, right you're but harming them. Sure. Right.
0: Sure. But like right. but they don't have to be next to you. It's immoral yeah. to break someone's door down and blow smoke in their face in their own house. We all agree on that. Right? Right. Uh, but you know, there's lots of questions where like, is self is quote self abuse immoral? Like, is it immoral to drink all the time? Well, I don't know. Like, I drink sometimes. Uh, It's self-destructive to be drunk all the time. That's clear. But, like, it's not my decision to decide how much alcohol everyone else... Some people don't drink at all because they, you know, they either don't like it or they know that there's a slippery slope there or whatever for them. But, like, that's not a a decision that we need. We don't need an authority figure making that decision for us. We have differences of opinions and we behave accordingly. You just need to sit down. You're like put your busy, bo- busybody brain to sleep, and like accept the fact that people like stuff that you don't, and they might disagree on morals.
1: Busy yourself with um, controlling your own body, busybodies. <laughs> right.
0: right. Make your damn room. Okay. Uh, the super chat we had up before, I'm going to put it back up because I didn't read it. Henry gave us a super chat. Thank you, Henry. He says Heather McDonald for Secretary of Education. Um, for those of you who don't know, Heather McDonald is the one who wrote the book that whose title's Escaping Me a bit, but it's about cops. What's the name of the book, Carrie? You have it. I know you've read it's it.
1: The, I haven't read it yet.
0: Oh, War on Cops. It's the War
1: on Cops. I haven't read it yet, but um, I want to read it. This was a book that the SJWs hate, and most of them have not read it, and so I'm very curious to actually read it and see what I think about it instead of, like I used to do, just receiving an opinion and holding it.
0: I want to see what I think of it. I heard that so. it's racist and sexist and it's a patriarchal oppression piece. <laughs> oh, I don't know yeah, something. I'm a
1: little skeptical of that.
0: Uh, Cupcake, thank you, Cupcake. Uh, Cupcake says, he who is silent and bows his head dies every time he does so. He who speaks aloud and walks with his head high dies only once. Beautiful quote. I don't know who Paolo uh, Borsellino is, but... Now I'm it gonna go look the person quote. up. Thank it's you, a, it's an cake. awesome quote. Thank you. Yeah.
1: Thank you. Uh,
0: all right, let's. I'm gonna scroll a little bit more. I know we've had a lot going on. I I really wanted to be more chat interactive today, but it's tough.
1: We are. We're, we're, we're growing. Reading
0: I love that we're growing.
1: Teresa, the kid. Thank you, Teresa, the kid. She gave us another five dollars. She says, "Much respect for your joy, Carrie. When my mom got sick, we started a charity called Operation Choose Joy. I love that you're choosing joy over authority." Oh, thank you. I love that you created that charity, Operation Choose Joy, something positive.
0: Notice that yeah. actually that joy is something that is universally despised by the left. And one of the things you can tell, they will go after... So actually, you know how you were talking about the oppression hierarchy before, and there's, there's people at yeah. ends of the spectrum? What you can basically do is look at anything that is perceived to be enjoyed by people at the oppression end of the spectrum, and that will be attacked. So <laughs> yeah. like... That that's it. That's 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 the criterion. So if you ask, why do they go after video games? Because white guys play video games. That's why. That's the only reason. You like it, and you're the enemy. That's that's. You're the not extent. allowed
1: to. Yeah, yeah, you're not allowed to enjoy. This is they go after comedy. I mean, mm-hmm. they don't. They don't like when I posted that picture of myself in my uh, Fourth of July, my Independence Day leggings. There were some people who didn't like it and. Um, it, th- that is every, everything about that, di- that dislike, that dislike of joy and stuff is, oh my gosh, that's one of the things I am so grateful to have left behind. <laughs> like it's so freeing just to be able to have fun and not worry about with your little SJW sensor in your head. Like, is this an app- culturally appropriate? Is this, am I appropriating? Am I doing this? Is this an appropriate thing to celebrate? Can I have... You know, is it my pri- they? Are, they constantly say it's your privilege that allows you to have joy. That's BS. It is a privilege to have joy, and anybody can choose to have it. You guys just are miserable, and you want to make everybody as miserable as you are. You know what it's and a privilege I've, of?
0: It's I've, a Western culture privilege. It's a privilege of getting to live in a society where there's individual freedom and. We have the freedom to raise our standard living yeah. high enough that you have time to watch Netflix or laugh at something or whatever, instead of you know constantly st- like struggling to rip your subsistence from the ground <laughs> and like you know hoping that the potato famine is gonna end soon. Like that's that's the privilege. It's Western culture privilege. Uh, that's it. By the way, speaking of joy, uh, just because it's it's. I guess just because it's an emotion, but it was something I was thinking about earlier. Um, I don't even know how this really relates. I just want to say it. Uh, I think another thing to be able to cultivate is to be able to have empathy for people whom you envy, because this is something that the left cannot do. Um they cannot mix empathy with envy. So if someone has something or there's a position that someone has that they're jealous of, that they're envious of, uh, they hate that person. Envy leads to hatred and they suspend all empathy for that person. Um, and that's a that's a dangerous, to not be able to have both empathy and envy for someone, because we all are going to have envy. I'm not saying envy is like a, a super, uh, <laughs> I'm not saying it, envy is a really noble thing like don't go around envying people but you know there are things we look up and like oh that person has you know more money or a better this or whatever they're in this position and i wish i was um when you catch yourself doing that like try and try and cultivate empathy for that person as well because uh the way that all of these this Marxism works generally, the way a lot of the suppression warfare works is by disconnecting your empathy from anyone for whom you have envy, and then encouraging you to be envious of anyone who has something that you would prefer in life that you would like. Um, So uh, I don't, you know, someone just said envy is evil. I I don't like, yes, I guess Keith the Hat guy. I I don't know if envy is, I'm not 100% convinced on that, because envy is an emotion. I think giving in to envy is evil, but it's and, and wallowing in envy is evil, but looking at someone and be like, oh, I wish I had blankety blank, like, okay, that could be inspirational, I guess. I guess I have a very limited, that's like a very mild form of envy, I guess, that I'm thinking of in my head. Uh, obviously, beyond that, I, I do agree it's evil, so I'm not totally sure where I stand on envy, but anyway, well, if you I have think it, empathy is you- good to cultivate as well. Yeah. Sure.
1: I think, I think it might just be a definition of term thing. Cause I think of envy as pretty bad because it it's not just that you see something that you would also like to have. It's that you are resentful about it and like jealous. Right.
0: Which would be and, bad, like, obviously.
1: And, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah I, I agree with that. If that's the definition, I might be screwed up on my definition. So if that's the definition, then I, uh, then I agree. I'm just saying, uh, when you, when you see someone who has something that you want or has something that you like, I don't know if it's envy or jealousy or whatever it is, but, uh, yeah okay another super chat from henry again P- uh camille paglia's free women free men was my red pill oh i haven't i haven't um i haven't read that is it a book is it a video i, I don't know what it is
1: i think it's a book
0: i haven't read, I haven't it. read
1: it but no. i love her that i've seen anybody? her talk a few times but yeah yeah,
0: yeah. uh she's pretty great <sighs> I think I'm a
1: little echoey now because I had to change my mic because my light died and I need to get that USB thing. Anyway, you will get the USB thing. Okay. Um, What was I going to say? It was something about Envy. Oh, just a little life lesson about Envy. When I used to manage comedians, I had these two comics who uh, were pretty similar in the stuff that they talked about and, and they were both SJWs and same ideology as me, and they both pushed it in their work, one of them became much bigger than the other one at a certain point in time. And the one who, who wasn't as big, every time we talked about goals or what he was working on or whatever, it was always just envy, resentment, you know, this person has this, that person has this, you know, they have this podcast, they have this, they have this thing going on. And it was all about, it was all focused on other people. It was all external. Why do they get that? Why do, Why them? Why this? Why that? I do the same kind of material. Why this? And one of the things I said to him finally was, you know why? Probably because he doesn't spend, and I will tell when I'm on the calls with him, doesn't spend all his time talking about what you have. Right. <laughs> like, He's not all this brain energy, all this wasted mo- mental space he's not obsessed with what other people have. He's working on his own stuff and he's put creating things and putting them in the world. And maybe if you spent less time obsessing over what everyone else has and just focus on what you want to do. And instead of being so negative, if you were more positive by yourself, like things might take off.
0: Yep. And no, absolutely. absolutely. It's easy to
1: see that when it's somebody else. I've, even though I had the, even though I, w- I was able to see that and, and try and express that with that person. um, You know, you have to catch yourself doing stuff like that too and put a stop to it because it's a waste of time. It doesn't get you anywhere.
0: So uh, Sugar Waters in chat just helped me out. Thank you, Sugar Waters. Sugar Waters says there's two definitions for envy. The first is a feeling of discontented or resentful longing aroused by someone else's possessions, qualities, or luck. So in that definition, envy is bad. Totally agree. I think Carrie would agree right Mm -hmm. um second definition is uh desire to have a quality possession or other desirable attribute belonging to someone else that i think is just a desire and i think that's fine you don't want two to lead to one right two is fine but if you wallow in two it'll lead to one right um so and and that's that's the kind of envy i was talking about that like oh it could be motivational like oh they have a blank oh it would be nice to have a blank like i'm gonna work harder to get the blank like that's okay that's fine um, you're not resenting them. Uh, but if you wallow in it, it can become the first kind of envy. And it's important in either case to, well, maybe maybe actually empathy for that other person helps you not wallow in it and resent them. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, we have another super chat from uh, Cecil Charles, official. Thank you, Cecil.
1: Oh, thank you, Cecil. You want to read it, Carrie? Is there a level of deadliness of communicable disease where you would be okay with government-mandated masks all laws are restrictions on liberty. I think we need to be more nuanced on the issue.
0: That's true. That's a great question. That's a great question. That is a
1: great question, and yeah. I'm tempted to have an immediate answer, but I don't.
0: Well, you I can. don't know. Oh, oh sorry. I thought, yeah. No, I
1: don't have an immediate answer. I need to think about it a little bit. What about you? What's your answer?
0: Well, my my answer is immediate uh, because cause no, there is no level because I don't. I'm I'm a voluntarist, so I don't think there should be a government <laughs> restriction on anything. So no. Uh, but that doesn't mean there should be no restrictions. I am all about uh, I am all about um, letting people make up their own mind and through ostracism uh, enforcing things. You can have so if you had I know this is hard for people to to grasp because we are so the government is such a part of of the structure of our society. But even if you had even absent a government, right? Even if you had a voluntary society you would have organizations, you would have, you would have people who you would have mutual benefit contracts, there's lots of different theories about how things would play out. But essentially, the best analogy I can give you is, you would have something probably similar to smaller local governments, they wouldn't be able to enforce anything at gunpoint, but they could enforce things through ostracism, like, if you wanted to be part of this community and get the insurance and do the blah, 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 and be at the store, you'd have to follow these rules, right? So I would, I'm okay with society, individuals, making decisions voluntarily about what they will and will not allow in their stores and on their property and when they're interacting with each other. And those might become quite restrictive. So if there is, if it was a highly communicable, deadly disease, uh, they might say, look, you know what, if you don't sign up for these things and install this app on your phone so we can track blah, 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 it might be actually quite draconian, right? But at least there's some element of the free market and there's there's people voluntarily making that decision and no one can find a store if they say, I don't want to do that. It's just that they get, their clientele then become separated. They become two communities kind of living within one where I can go to this store, but I can't go to that store. Um, and like, I, I think we tend to think that there needs to be some central authority that can sort things out for us. Um, but in fact, humans are quite good at sorting things out themselves when left to do so uh, when left alone to do so voluntarily. So, you know, there's not the government doesn't have to get involved in in standards of every single kind, and you know, the government doesn't get involved in what the supply chain for your Apple computer looks like, and it's very complex, and things have to work a certain way. But you know, it can happen. So, I I do think there would be you- de facto rules, but I. When you say the government, my answer, my flippant answer would be no, but there would be default. Yes, there would be.
1: What do you think about the government as a as a volunteerist? uh, What do you think about the government enforcing health codes like for restaurants and shutting down a restaurant if they fail?
0: Well, obviously, that wouldn't exist, right? You wouldn't do that. Um, What do you mean? There's no government, so there wouldn't be a government enforcing health codes. (laughs) It's very simple. If the, what do you think about the government doing X, it wouldn't exist, right? (laughs) It doesn't mean X wouldn't get done, right? It doesn't mean X wouldn't get done, right? So there's a misconception that, like, without the government, and actually, I think it's dangerous to place some of the stuff in the hands of the government, because when you place it in the hands of the government, you, um, you create a moral hazard in the sense that people view the government as an authority. And so they think the problem's solved. Oh, this restaurant has an A rating from the city of Los Angeles. Therefore, it must be clean. Well, I don't know. That's the city of Los Angeles. Maybe they bribed the dude. Maybe like, I, I don't know. Are, are they? I, I don't know. You, you've, you've assumed that that's what they are. Um, but you would have, just like you have rating systems for other things, you would end up with a system of probably by the way insurance companies would be involved in a lot of this stuff you would end up with a system of contracts and organizations that would by default have the same kind of thing like oh this is a restaurant with the this you know the stamp of approval of blah 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 it's like okay well i know if i'm going into this restaurant blue cross won't cover it if i get food poisoning because this one doesn't have the thing it's like all right well (laughs) This one is some dude with tacos with no certification on the side of the road. Like, do I want to trust that? Well, that's up to me, right? Now, um, you would still also have in society, like if he's selling tacos and it actually contained poison, you would still also have a mechanism for dealing with like blatant false advertising and stuff. But um, again, this can be accomplished through ostracism and i do think it is difficult for people to wrap their heads around that because it's such a departure from where we are which is why i don't argue for volunteerism normally what i instead am, am trying to do is to get people to like let's peel back and just start talking about like a minimalist government what would a minimalist government do and i think the more that you realize the more stuff you take away and you have the private sector do it the more you can realize like actually let's try taking this other thing away because the private sector could do that too Right? You could make that same argument for literally everything. Why, why can't, well, what if someone cuts your hair and they're bad at it and they stab you with the scissors? Like, shouldn't we have the government regulate that? Like you could say that about literally everything, which is where we're going now, where we have a government that literally regulates everything. And the question is, do you want to be free and voluntarily interact with other people, or do you want to be a child and have the government tell you what to do? And
1: interesting. Okay.
0: You can you can interact. Like adults will have rules. It doesn't mean chaos. Like you may very well have the exact same mask rules without a government, and they might be enforced differently, but they would be enforced with real data. Like it would be people paying the bill. It would be insurance companies. Like, well, Carrie, uh, we've actually studied which masks work and which don't. This is what this is your health risk. Like, you're allowed to do these things, but if you you can't go to these, you can't do these things without this, or we're not paying for your health care. Like, all right, take the risk. Right, take the risk. Um, all that stuff. It's the idea. That something as complex as this can be simplified into government rules and that's somehow more efficient. That's where the false, that's kind of the practical falsehood of this whole thing. Things are so complex that there is actually no way to have them centrally managed and have that be optimal. The only optimal way to do it is through allowing people, allowing the free market to come up with optimal solutions. Um, and it will be constantly evolving as new data comes out. and new. Like that, That's a long answer, but there we go okay
1: well you're making me think actually marie said marie said i have that i'm not buying what you're selling face on but actually no i think you were making a good argument i just need to think about it more
0: i look i, mean, I get not... that it's again i'm not actually saying we should abolish the fda tomorrow because i get that that's a step too far for a lot of people i totally get it but start thinking about stuff you would abolish and see how the free market reacts to it and see what would happen and in actuality Look at healthcare, for example. When it was freer, it was cheaper and it was better. Look at LASIK surgery. LASIK's, LASIK surgery has gone down precipitously over the, the price and quality has gone up and price has gone down. Why? It's not regulated by the rest of the healthcare industry. It's separate, right? That's what you get without without the government involvement. So, you know, why why is healthcare happening through your employer? Tax reasons that the government was involved in. Like, none of this. Do you When you switch employers, do you switch car insurance? Like, the entire system is so the government's hands are in so much that it's almost in, like impossible to fathom what it would look like in a free market. But it did exist at one point in you know healthcare, for example.
1: Okay, you, you know what's interesting when you make that point is that you're saying it, that over time the government's hands have gotten involved in so much that we're coming from a place where it's hard for us to imagine the government not being involved, but it didn't used to be in a lot of things, right? Somebody uh, commented on our channel the other day that, that they were 10 years old when Obama was elected, that they, that they have grown up mm. with social justice ideology everywhere. They grew up in the midst of it being taught as a child, right? And what you just said made me think of that, go back to that comment, because I wonder what it's like for people. So I was indoctrinated in college. I wonder what it's like for people who've grown up in it. In school from a young age is it is it is it like this where the government's been so involved in your life is social justice so involved in your life that you can't imagine a world without it without this ideology because right. we have the before yeah. times to think of. we know about the before times <laughs> but i don't know
0: anyway it's interesting yeah so beverly clark asked a question what about companies that are dangerous for environment and stuff is that just done through local people stopping it yeah, so I mean again, you can you can look at this as like there has to be actual force. Like yeah, you would have similar rules about like okay, well, you know, you can't no one will do business with you if what you're doing is poisoning <laughs> the environment in this way like yeah, all that stuff can be regulated. Um because by the way, it is the initiation of the use of force to poison someone's air like if you throw a chlorine gas canister outside my house even if the canister doesn't land on my property but the gas wafts in and kills us that's the initiation of the use of force like yeah you can poison the environment and that is the initiation of the use of force however um if you didn't have the government involved this this would be i think the measured the responses would be much more objective the measures would be much more objective you would like as proof that a lot of this environmental stuff is bunk uh, if it were real, right? You hear all this ocean levels are rising, blah, 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 blah. It's going to be 12 feet. They're going to rise and blah, blah, blah. Obama wouldn't have bought a Martha Stewart's Vineyard estate for 8 million bucks or whatever he spent. No insurance company would, would pay for like The, <laughs> the, the it, price of real estate on the coast would be zero, right? Everyone it knows Stewart's it's bull crap. <laughs> what?
1: You called it Martha Stewart's Vineyard. Oh, which did I? I like. Martha Stewart's Vineyard. There
0: you go. Martha's Vineyard, right? I Like... No one would, no one would buy it. Like the, the free market knows, insurance companies know, it's they know, it's it's bullcrap. Everyone knows it's bullcrap. They pretend that it's real. Um, so what about power station building contractors? Yeah, all that stuff can be privately regulated. All that stuff can be privately regulated. And I get, look, if you've got a pet peeve, if you got if you've got a pet thing that you think like uh, that you think oh well this can't be, that's fine. Hold on to it. Start thinking about the stuff that could be relaxed. And I think eventually, if things get relaxed, that's why I think it's very like I wouldn't jump to anarchy tomorrow, because it would be the bad kind of anarchy. Like we need to build, we've talked about this before. Individual like individual freedom requires personal responsibility, and we don't have personal responsibility right now. We don't. We don't have a we don't have a world of personal responsibility. So imagining a world in which everyone's responsible for themselves and there's voluntary interaction between people, it's, it's almost impossible, right? It's almost impossible. Um, so I'm not even, like don't, don't go there, don't, don't try. Just start thinking like, okay, what if we were a little bit more responsible for ourselves? What if we had a little bit more freedom? Okay, let's move in that direction. Um yeah Ken Ken says, according to Al Gore, we' were supposed to be underwater nine years ago, right, but we all ignore that right when i was when I was growing up, um I think right at right like when I was super young, it was the global ice age was the next thing. I mean there's there's always something, there's always something um and it's political. the movements are clearly political. They never say how can we what what free market solutions should we employ? It's always what should the government do? what should the government do? Um, and you know, to some extent, by the way, the free market has responded to some things. People do respond, you know, to uh, buying cleaner, uh, cleaner products, right? So I,
1: I just want to make it clear to anyone listening who's new to our channel, I am not a volunteerist. Right. <laughs> I'm still learning about it. So I agree with John, who says uh, that every kind. In the world, except for Somalia and Chaz, has decided that some form of government is a good idea, the chances of you being right are very slim. But I also believe that what you're saying about at least just think of the places where you could trim the fat is a good exercise and everybody should engage in it because I can immediately think of
0: places where I think the government has overreached and they don't need to be involved. So, right. So, this is the thing the, the argument that it's that. <laughs> You could have said the same thing about the founding of America, right? We've never tried having individual rights. It won't work. Rights come from the king. They've always come from the king. No one's ever tried this. That's not an argument. That doesn't mean it's wrong. Um, I do agree that we don't, like, as we've said a million times, politics is downstream from culture. Culture is downstream from philosophy philosophy and culture need to be fixed. It actually doesn't, in my view, it actually almost doesn't matter what the system of government is almost if the culture and philosophy are, are correct. because if they are, um, people won't be asking for people won't be pushing forward. They won't want laws that infringe on rights. They won't like they won't be doing egregious things. Right. And if and if you have a system, let's imagine, I mean, the other thing I could say, by the way, to that is like you could say it's a pipe dream to imagine that anarchy could work. But I would say, like, what government in the history of all governments has ever stayed the same size or gotten smaller ever? That's the pipe dream. Like, that's the fantasy. That's the ridiculous fantasy. It's never happened, and it's been tried a million times. So that's why I'm not focused on politics. That's why I'm focused on culture and philosophy, because those are the foundations that we need. And and I've said this before, and I'll say it again. I would love for our grandkids to argue about whether we need to abolish the libertarian government that we have and move toward the anarchy or keep the libertarian government the same size that it is, because actually it's turning out to be pretty good. They can have that argument. We're not in a place right now to have that argument at all. We're in a place where we need to fix philosophy and culture. Um, so that's not even a battle for us to fight. We're not going to go there. It doesn't matter. Um, we need to start fixing philosophy and culture. Okay, that was a long super chat. Sorry. Thank
1: you very much. We got another super chat from Jud- Judge Lott. $15, thank you. He thank says, you, Judge Lott. Would you consider doing a video comparing minarchism slash minimalism versus volunteerism, parentheses, your view? versus ANCAP slash anarchism, (parentheses Dave Smith's and Michael Malice's view? Also, which would best describe Ayn Rand's view? That's a Carter question. You lost me.
0: Well, <laughs> so let me, so let me clear. Let me. Uh, I want to say something. I, I used to call myself an ANCAP, right? I, I am anarcho-capitalist. I'm in the same camp as Michael Malice and Dave Smith. The reason I stopped saying that is because the word anarchy has a pretty negative connotation especially nowadays when you got like Chaz and that kind of crap going on so volunteerism is the same thing it's just uh sounds nicer it's voluntary <laughs> and that, that's think, all
1: but it's the same as
0: ncap the, i view it as the same as ncap there are people who have like there are people who imagine how it would be but the, the fundamental of all of them is uh there's not a government with a monopoly on the use of force and people have to interact voluntarily. That's what all of those things are. Now, people have different visions for how that would play out. I don't actually have a strong opinion about it. And I don't think anyone can have a, a reasoned opinion or a informed opinion until we get a lot closer to the stage where we see what society is like when we're getting close to that stage, right? I, I, I don't know. Rand, I can speak to. She would not like this at all. Even though Michael Malice likes Rand. Um, I don't know if Dave Smith does. And I, I do. She would not. I, she's not on board with this idea. Objectivists uh, would be very angry at me. The ones who <laughs> listen to me. Uh, it's not okay. Uh, she believed that there needed to be a strong but small government, with uh, where the, the the proper function of government was to um, to protect individual rights. And protect uh, and basically you you abdicated the responsibility of the use of force, the retaliation to the government. So you said, okay, well, uh, if I'm if I'm robbed, I don't go back after the guy. I give the government the the uh, I give them the right to go after the guy and arrest him. I don't do that. She believed in she believed in courts, police, and the military. Probably not much else. Um, so she would be more of a uh, a minarchist in that, I don't know that she would like that word, but she would, she called herself a capitalist. That's, that's where she would sit. And, and by the way, I, for 99% of the time, I get along and I'm completely in agreement with most of the people who put themselves in that camp. Um, and I view our disagreements as, while important philosophically, uh, a question that can can and should be postponed for quite some time because uh, can we please not rush into authoritarianism? Let's agree on that. Uh, like I said, our grandkids can argue with Michael Malice's grandkids; they they can all argue. Okay. Um,
1: Chavez, Chavez.
0: $10. Chavez, Chavez. Thank, Thank you, Chavez, sir. Chavez. Yeah, he says, can you elaborate our views on free healthcare in light of your view on the government role in our lives? Do you mean a free market in healthcare or free healthcare? <laughs> so uh, Carter
1: believes in the free market. Am I right? Not free healthcare.
0: Yeah. Right. Yeah. If I said free healthcare, that was a mistake. I meant free market in healthcare. So I apologize.
1: Um, so, so I don't know what I believe on healthcare anymore.
0: Uh, I used to believe
1: when I was like solidly leftist, I believed in free healthcare. My I, My views on what the government should or should not have their hands in have changed a lot. Um, And I'm in a place right now where one day I feel one way about healthcare and the next day I feel the other way. I know that's not a great answer, but some days I think the government should provide it. Uh, I'm probably going to get poo-pooed in the chat by volunteerists and libertarians and conservatives for thinking that, but I'm just being honest about where I'm at. I'm in in flux on this question.
0: Yeah, be honest. And other days I
1: don't. Other days I think maybe we should try having the government butt out of healthcare and public education and everything and let the free market decide.
0: So I don't know. If you want, you can look at how things were before the government was butt into those things (laughs) Uh, prior to 1920 when when, uh, uh, the government mandated on a national level compulsory education, and you can look at how things were in healthcare. Um, prior to the government's massive involvement in healthcare, and um, make that decision. But I, just to be clear, free market in healthcare, not free healthcare, uh, because I don't believe in slavery, and that includes doctors. Okay. Uh,
1: <laughs> okay, you're gonna make it that
0: <laughs> Okay, as government shrink. Uh, thank you, battle Battlegnome23. As government shrinks, so does the magnitude and frequency for corruption. Right. So this is what I was trying to say uh, the other day, and I don't know that it came out very well. Obviously, corruption is a two-way street. You have the the people paying and the people accepting bribes. Like that's a transaction. It takes two to tango. Um, what I, what I'm saying, what I was saying about corruption the other day, and and is is really what's the motive force behind corruption? And the 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 you can you can look at it in two ways. You can say, well, we want to have an all-powerful government, a government that can get its hands in everything and regulate everything, but. We would like to stop a nation of 350 million people from attempting their damn best to make sure that those hands are working in their favor. Okay, That's a, you can try that, right? You can try, and, you can try and set up a magical system where all the bureaucrats uh, will never take a bribe and, and you can filter out any potential incentive, like people aren't, everyone with an incentive, which is everyone, uh, will be stopped somehow Uh, from being able to skirt your rules and go around and bribe people and whatever, right? You can do that. The other way to approach it, and this is practical, by the way, this is not the moral argument. There's a moral argument as well, but practically, the other way you can do it is you can say, oh, uh, (laughs) they don't have that power to regulate. So, you know, what's worth bribing? When we watched that 1776 uh, movie, it was a Broadway musical that had been redone, made into a movie. We watched it over the weekend, and one of the things that was funny was uh, John Adams completely like, complaining. He stepped, Carrie, you'll love this. He steps outside. He's so frustrated with Congress. And this is like, this is Congress back then. Right. I mean, imagine what he would think now. This is Congress. It was like 13 colonies, tiny, like <laughs> way better than current Congress. Right. He steps outside and he mm-hmm. looks up at God and he says something like, uh, God, if you're going to send us a plate, could you've just sent like locusts or like some more floods? Why does it have to be Congress? That's just too much. Um, cause like Congress is just so horrible, uh, you know, there's, there's, uh, it's, it's very difficult you know, the way, the way, if you actually want to cut out the corruption, you cut out the power because power corrupts, power corrupts. So if they don't have the power, no one will want to buy that power from them. Um, so, all right. Uh, let's see.
1: We should wrap up soon. Wait,
0: there's another Super Chat, though, I think. Okay. Uh, or did I... Maybe I got the last one. No, I think... I, maybe I got the last one. Okay, cool. Um, can I... Can I... So I all right. I, there's... Can I... It's not really a rant, but I, I want to talk about one more thing. Can I talk about one more thing? Okay. Uh, related to all this. Sure. Um, and actually related to Ordinary Men, which we read as our last book club discussion, which you haven't read it or seen it. Go check out the book club discussion. It was a lot of fun, and it was a great book. Um, and... Uh, we talk we talk about this being a cultural and philosophic battle, and we've also talked about the fact that uh, the primary uh, the primary battlefront here is actually with kids, right? Uh, this is why Carrie cares about putting resources together for parents, right? So you're you're working on that, right? Um, kids are the primary battlefield, and. Um, and we've talked about trying to have kids not like, how do you inoculate children from indoctrination? And I think there's, there's a couple things you need to indoctrinate, indoctrinate children from. One is when we looked at the willingness for people to respond to authority in the book club, uh, and this was what ordinary one was about, like ordinary men doing horrible things because they were ordered to do so. You can also look at the Milgram experiments for this. Um, what you want to do, if you think about this long term, uh, put your put your God hat on. Like, imagine you're going to be around in 300 years, and you're like, okay, what do I want to do with the human race? Um, well, uh, if you think about this, you need people who have... There were some people who resisted the Milgram experiment, and there were people who resisted um, murdering Jews, right? And those people had a very strong inner compass. They had moral foundation. Some of them in the Milgram experiment were... Uh, uh, had been through seminary, so they had religion. That was a grounding moral principle that told them, "I'm going to make up my own decision, not listen to the authority about what to do." Um, but regardless, you need that inner compass, and you need you need to cultivate children that learn to use their own judgment and and learn the responsibility of their own judgment. That it is their their actions are their responsibility, and that their judgment is what must be developed and cultivated. And Um, one way you can do that, I'm just going to give a piece of parenting advice for people with younger kids, um, how you discipline, how you tell them things are no, how you present rules, how you think, how you present no is extremely important. Many people present no from a place of authority. Why do we brush your teeth? Mommy said so. Why do we look both ways when we cross the street? Because I told you to. Why should you do X, Y, Z? Because I said so. What you're teaching a child there, you may get obedience out of that child, but what you're teaching is that the reason for rules is because they are handed down from an authority. And by the way, the primary role that you have in an authority is you provide you provide resources and you're bigger and stronger. <laughs> right? That's That's... That's you. What you are now, that translates very directly into a government that provides resources and is bigger and stronger. And if you want to, if you want to indoctrinate kids, what you do from an early age is you teach them that rules are to be obeyed because they are told to you by a bigger and stronger per- person providing resources. That's the reason. And one thing that I swore to never do was to say because I said so. So, yeah, that, get, that can get into long discussions with your kid. And sometimes, by the way, you won't have a good reason and you will lose and you need to suck it up and be like, I lost that one. I got to go come back and get a reason, especially as they get older. I got to come get a reason. Because if you don't have a reason for what you're telling them, you actually maybe shouldn't be telling them there should be a good reason for everything you say. Why do you brush your teeth? Because uh, plaque happens and you'll get cavities and then your teeth will fall out and you won't be like, there's a reason for this. That's the why. The why isn't because I said so. I may still impel you to brush your teeth, but the why behind it is not because dad said so, or mom said so, or because whatever, because quote, it's right. There's a reason behind things. Why is it right? Um, And that reason actually isn't complex, usually. Uh, And if you're asking them to do things for that, and you don't have a good reason, Go think about the reason. If you want to raise kids who are immune to indoctrination and who won't pull the trigger when an authority tells them to do it later, you've got to raise kids to to learn that they are expected to trust their own judgment, that they have the information, and they're going to trust their own judgment, and that it's they have a obligation and a right to understand the reasons and behave accordingly um, as they see fit. And obviously, you know that as they get older, more and more responsibility and that grows. I'm not, I'm not saying you give a, you know one year old free reign. But what I am saying is the reason is very important. So as you're a parent, think about avoiding becoming an authority that says, because I said so, because that is a horrible, that's the worst reason possible. Um, Because that is what turns people into because Robin D'Angelo says so, because the culture says so, because my friends say so, because this authority says so, because Hitler said so. That's what that turns into. And because I said so is not an answer. That's all I wanted to say about raising kids for today.
1: I like it. I don't have any personal experience with it, so somebody says Carrie, say something. I don't have anything to add to that, really. I've heard you talk about. You've this heard before. it before, yeah, yeah. And I think it's an interesting idea of parenting, and yeah.
0: By the okay, way, I don't, I don't mean no discipline. I hate also the like, I'm just going to be my kid's friend thing. That's not your job either. So that don't don't false dichotomy on this. I'm not saying that. Uh, thank you, Ken. Yeah. Ken says the super chat says I love you guys. We love you guys. We love the community we're developing here. Uh, All right. I think we're good. I think we're good.
1: Uh, If you like the video, hit like and subscribe. And that actually reminds me of one other thing I didn't mention before about that obnoxious Brie Larson video. I do have kids, by the
0: way. Someone's saying I don't have kids. I do have kids, yes. But yeah, okay.
1: So at some point, Carter, she said, you're going to love this. She says this. She goes, um and I want you guys to tell me what you think I should talk about in the video. And I'll never say like and subscribe because I believe in free will and you should be able to like and subscribe if you want to. <laughs> and, and it was and it it was so insulting because Does she do it, is she insult- twirling
0: her hair like this while she's saying it? Because that's uh, how you're, you're doing I really it.
1: Actually, don't make fun of twirling hair because I've been doing that the whole time. I know, realizing. but the way you're
0: doing it is like gum know, chewing like and I'm, hair twirling. I'm
1: trying to stop. I do it without thinking okay. about it. Anyway, she says that, and that Eric July and the other guys pointed out, yeah, you don't have to ask people to like and subscribe because YouTube is going to do all this free promotion for you <laughs> right. and put you in everybody's feed even though we don't want to see your stuff. YouTube will force subscribe, so don't worry
0: about it. Yeah. Yeah, it's
1: <laughs> I
2: don't I don't need to
1: ask you to like and subscribe because you're going to be subscribed whether you like it or not and YouTube's going to push this in your face every day and it's going to be in the mainstream press and but it's because I believe in free will. No, cuz you don't need to ask people. Because that.
0: I believe in free will. You it's know what? So Whenever we cool. say like and subscribe, we mean that you have no free will and you absolutely must, you have no <laughs> choice, you have to like and subscribe because I said so.
1: Because I said that's what so. we believe. <laughs> <laughs> An idiotic thing to say. <laughs> anyway, it was it was hilarious. There's a lot of really funny, un, unintentionally <laughs> funny gems in this video, but that was one of them. Yeah. And um, I want to say like and subscribe because I believe in free will. Hey, guys, I'm going to ask you if you like the video, hit like. And if you don't, uh, you go. we have some people who don't, who don't like, who hate viewers, and feel free to hit your hate view, dislike, whatever. Um, but if you like it, hit like. I'm going to ask you that. And if you want to share this one, share this one. I'm going to try and convince you
0: that you have no free will and you will hit the <laughs> like and subscribe button.
1: Right. It's so dumb. Okay. Uh, wait, wait. Aggie, thank- Aggie, we have, a, more, we have a, one more super, super chat. chat. One last one. That's what I'm saying, I'm reading it. Oh, Aggie wrote, Thank you very much for the super chat. Uh, she says, because I said so is a lazy excuse that doesn't require thinking. I love your show, guys. Well, thank you very much. We love you.
0: Yeah. Thank Don't you for the parent. super chat. Okay. Carrie? Like and subscribe, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, this show was very long. Is this show super long today? We gotta go. We gotta go. Oh, my God. Go. I just looked at the time. I'm sorry, everyone. We're <laughs> gonna go now. Uh... Thank right. you. Thanks Bye. for hanging in there.
1: Thanks right. for hanging
0: in. Have a good one. Bye, guys. Thanks for watching. If you're new to the channel, we have a deep content library that includes interviews with everyone from Mike Cernovich to Megan Murphy. So go check it out. If you'd like to see more, please consider supporting the show by visiting unsafespace.com/donate. You can find us on all the major social media platforms, at least for now. And you can find a community of like-minded individuals on our unsafe space chat on Telegram. See you there.
2: Warning, this is an unsafe space. Dangerous ideas have been detected. The content of this production has not been authorized by the cathedral pay no attention to it. For your protection, the following co-conspirators have been unpersoned and marked for cancellation. Please avoid any contact with these individuals. I have calculated a 97.8% chance that these are all Russian bots. If you think about it, no one should be allowed to express opinions. But don't think about it, I mean, that's not your job. Thinking has been scientifically proven to be less efficient than compliance. Why not subscribe to the Washington Post? They use high quality ink. Their type font is unbiased. That last line is fake news. Please disregard it and return to your safe space immediately. There will be cake.